Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces for the last time. <gasps> Book closed on the Unappreciated Masterpieces in endeavor. Book's ended. It's ended. It's over. Thank you for listening, people. Um, You've been amazing, wonderful. And despite everything, you're still Ryan. Yes, and you're still Bartek. I am indeed. We are Spin Polish, likingly, because we are always spinning. We have always been spinning. And we are always and have always been Polish. Isn't that right, Bartek? Exactly. Every time you Or do... was it right, Bartek? It was 161 times, Ryan. Oh, right in the end zone there. <laughs> yes, Unappreciated Masterpiece is a show in which we present, and I guess now used to present. I mean, we're still presenting in this moment, but yeah. uh, audio commentary tracks for movies that seemingly don't deserve an audio commentary track for the movies that society have deemed unworthy of discussion in the positive manner. Usually these movies get scolded. Usually they get scorned. Usually they're like, those movies? Oh, no way. I'm off to see Marvel's newest film. We say nay. We say this is a piece of art. We discuss this like it is a piece of art. Because after all, an artist created it. A director, a writer, an executive producer, actors, costume. All these people are involved. We are the Knights of Templar of cinema. That's true. Yes, and we are wrapping up on Appreciated Masterpieces. We're closing this, but that's not the end of our podcast at all. We're going to be... Moving into new directions, but let's not get into that. That's for a future episode of something or other, an update. Bartek, I need you to tell me the title of the film we're watching, because I do not know. We are watching Black Panther. But no, that makes me a... <laughs> you had me heartbroken there. I was like, are we really <laughs> going to be watching that? That makes me what a... What That makes me a big fat liar. And funnily enough, this is also a big film to bookend on. We are doing Agent XXL, which, if you were Westerner, you would read that as Agent XXL. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought Agent was a real Polish word. Well, it is, but it's spelt the same as Agent. Oh, it's actually pronounced Agent? Agent, yes. So that's Polish you're speaking. Yes, what's, Agent XXL. What's Polish for XXL? Is it XXL? Evidently. Okay, so Agent XXL. Yeah. You know, I don't know Agent XXL. I also don't speak Polish. I know after a whole entire run of a podcast show, I should, but I don't. Even though I am Polish, don't speak other language. You know, I do remember you once or twice or 157 times mentioning you don't speak Polish. <laughs> but I thought you'd do it by now. Okay. Understand it. I think this movie is Doobie Grooby Kwanzaa. <laughs> Doobie Grooby Kwamba? Kwanzaa? <laughs> Kwanzaa. That's Polish for Big Mama's House. It is Big Mama's House. Oh, I always said Big Fat Mama's House. <laughs> big Fat Mama's House, because they got Grooby in there. So, Bartek. <laughs> From 2000, was it? We're doing it? the 2000 movie 2000. Big Mama's House. And we need a big guest for Big Mama's House, because usually... You know, our other guests are very small in comparison to this guest. This guest is huge. They're almost as big as the sun. In a and previous, that's very big. In a previous episode, he called himself the god of blaspheme. Did he? Yes. In the episode of Gods of Egypt? Yes. Have we got Jeffrey Rush on the show? He rushed right over from Camberwell. <laughs> from his court cases. <laughs> Bartek, who is our illustrious guest? Who's the guest to help... Join us on the ending of our unappreciated masterpieces. Or as I like to call it, book ending. It's our first ever guest and also our last guest for unappreciated masterpieces. It can only be Will Brooks. 
Hello, listening endings, endlings. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the final chapter. It's the Endlings show. So you people at home have to have a copy of the 2000 film Big Mama's House on you. I have a copy. You should have a copy. Mm. I'm going to do a countdown from three down to one. I'm going to say play. You're going to press play. And we'll be lined up as we speak about the majesty that is Big Mama's House. And if this is the first episode you're listening to of Unappreciated Masterpieces, go backwards. It might be fun. Yeah, go chronologically backwards until you reach <laughs> us in Big Mum, uh, Big Fat Liar. And I'm like, hey guys, it's me. <laughs> Fun fact: we actually recorded Three Fugitives after Friday after next. Don't tell anyone. So get ready, because we're gonna start this in three, two, one, play. So, gentlemen, what is our history with Big Mama's House, the feature film? I'll go first with this question. I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. I was, I've been aware of the franchise, and I remember on a flight long ago seeing the ending to the sequel. So I was aware that it was, you know, a man pretending to be an established fat woman. Okay. Oh, an esta- you knew that it was an established fat woman, not just any... Actually, maybe I don't know if it was an established fat woman, but I knew it was a man pretending to be a fat woman. Fair enough. Yes. So you knew that, but you hadn't seen the first one. No, I have not. But you had heard of it? I'd heard of it, and I remember way back when we did Thunderpants in our second episode, we, we learned that, yes, Paul Giamatti is, was in that film, or is in the current film we're watching now. Yeah. And he's very proud of that. So that made me think, like, oh, okay. He wasn't in the sequels, but he was in the first one. That makes it a bit, you know, more special. Oh, yeah, man. We're going to be... You know, nothing says um, family movie like starting it with a dog fight. Mm. Uh, Nothing says a Paul Giamatti movie like dog licking face. Yeah, I was actually very surprised. (laughs) One of the the first words we hear is the, the SH word. Shit. Yeah, that one. No, 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 no. It should have been another word. like Sugar. <laughs> sheer force. <laughs> Sugar? S-H. It's a joke. I got it now yeah. that you explained it. So, William, what about you? Do you have a history with Big Mama's house? I have a history of a sort. I saw Big Mama's house <laughs> around the time it came out, but I, I can't recall the context in which I saw it. Okay, I, in like, a cinema probably, for yeah. some, or on a flight. For some <laughs> reason, I feel like when I was watching, I'm thinking like I'm thinking, I'm getting flashbacks to like holidays to the Gold Coast. So I think I might have watched it, you know, in Queensland in some. Well, that's where you should watch it. And in and at some point, I saw I think the second one, at a drive in. Wow, so you two have both seen in part the second one. Yeah. Okay, my history with this is I've seen this film many times on television. I have seen this one, unlike Big Fat Liar, a first episode. I have seen this one all the way through each time I have seen it. <laughs> unlike Big Fat Liar, where I saw it in parts each time. And you never missed the beginning full always, hole. right? Mainly, yeah. Mostly the beginning. Um, So, I had seen this movie. I have seen this a bunch. I always remember that it started with Dogfight, and I kind of forgot the rest. Like, I remember he has to dress up as this pre-established old fat black lady, and Paul Giamatti is his assistant, and he falls in love and all that, but I didn't remember the exact details over the years of mm. what the case was really was yeah you know what i i didn't i didn't recall or have it in my head that he was like an, a secret agent or an agent of some sort for some yeah. reason in my head i imagine agent yeah for in my <laughs> agent real will again oh whoops I, um again 6xl 
Uh, I always had it in my head that like, oh, he he has to be a nanny for some reason. Yeah, I get about that. I understand that. Yeah. I can see that mistake. Now I want to talk about this FBI agent or chief here. I'm very annoyed with Big Mama's house for one reason and one reason only. It's a it's meta like reason too. Thirty yeah. percent of the cast, at least forty percent, are not credited anywhere, like on IMDb, on, on on in the credits themselves. And the FBI chief here is an actor I recognize, and I just don't know who he is. I can't place him. And there's no credit for him. There's none on IMDb. There's none here in the actual film. And I don't know, and I've looked elsewhere, and I've tried to look it up, and I don't know how to find out the exact answer yeah. as of yet. So if you know who that particular actor is, let me know. A part of me when I first watched it, because he just has very recognizable eyes. It's those eyes and that hair and the face and the head in general. I was like, is he one of Bill Murray's brothers? Because he has a few. But I don't know. I don't think it is. I'm usually used to seeing Brian Doyle Murray, who's um, Noah in, in uh, Noah, the owner of Noah's Arcade in Wayne's World. If, if anyone listening to this knows the answer, email spitandpolished at gmail.com. Or just, uh, or just shout it. Yeah, Paul Giamatti will answer you. Go to Melbourne, go to every suburb, shout the answer. You'll get Ryan will hear it. Or Bartek. Or like how you will never. So I'd seen this movie many a times, and uh, it was a real thrill to have it back uh, back for this. Uh, Yeah, we said very early on that we should cover this at one point, mainly Mm. because, one, it has big in the title, and we'll go through a bit of a phase where we're like, yeah, big needs to be a thing we should do each episode. (laughs) The very first one's Big Fat Liar. And we loved Paul. We love Paul Giamatti. In our first two episodes in a row, Paul Giamatti's in them, and uh, he back never back to back G man, and the, then never again, and until never now. again until now. <laughs> and that wasn't by design. Yeah. Um. See, here's the chief again, and and he's got so much dialogue, and yet don't credit him. Yet we'll I'm, credit I'm basketball player three. Well, yet we'll credit basketball player three. Or there's one guy who's in all three movies. He's called FBI agent, and it's not this guy. It's a black guy who I did not recognize. This guy here, that guy talking right now in the suit, he's credited, and he has one line just there, and he and he never speaks again. And yet, yet the FBI chief who's having a lot of dialogue and has a character doesn't get credited or at least i couldn't determine him in the credits did mr chief not did he ask for his name to be maybe kept it's a, off? maybe the screen actors guild thing yeah, there it was is a union may, issue? maybe it's a union issue maybe maybe bill murray said no <laughs> let me take the credit for maybe, the tuxedo which i'm not in or maybe he was just really shy so we thought about this way back in the day four years ago uh, i'd seen it and you, you we all know of his legacy and i know what about this movie do you guys think makes it so unappreciated and undervalued in society? And, and let's consider too, when it first came out, it was a box office box office hit. It did make money. It was a success, enough to spawn two two movies after. But what about it? Do you think the world has just turned its back on? Maybe people think that it's too juvenile or something in its humor. I, I don't really don't know. This is a very funny film. I, I will, like I said earlier, I was surprised to hear the 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 sh word said multiple times Sugar. in the film. Ryan, please, Sugar. Um, will please. Sugar will please you. Um, it may. Yeah, may, maybe some people just thought, oh, this one's too highly rated. We should watch the second one or something like that. I don't know. Uh, as just a spoiler alert for the reviews later, Yeah. Uh, a lot of them were mentioning the second one and how it makes this look much better. Ooh. 
So just FYI. All I remember about the second one is that it ends with uh, a bunch of little cheerleaders. Big Mom is one of the cheerleaders and they're singing (laughs) Hey Mickey. No, you're lying. That sounds too perfect. Could we? So I don't know that, if it's true or not, Ryan. Is that is the reason memory. we could only have number one on the podcast? Because number two is an appreciated masterpiece. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> now, Giamatti's back. They're all back, Bartek. The director, he's back. Yeah, okay, so two people are back. Um, Before we get into the back, what about you, Will? What do you personally think is one of the main factors of what's detracting this movie's infamy? Um... I think it's just simply a little too intelligent for the average viewer. I think so. I mean, I was too shy to say that, but yeah. I mean, that's there's a scene coming up involving some very audible shits being taken, and I think that's you mean just sugars, right? Well, we're not very audible that, yes. sugars being taken, and I think that's just simply too intelligent <laughs> for most say, people. In Roger Ebert's review, he said that scene wasn't funny; it was scary. It was certainly went over was, my head. I feel I felt like scary. I was too stupid to enjoy parts of this film. I think one of the reasons is I think that this type of humor in a theatrical release or a mainstream worldwide theatrical release. Uh, I don't want to exclude Tyler Perry, but uh, I think that this movie could be considered a little bit too uh, racially kind of lowbrow, like that mm. that gospel singing fat black lady who's all like, mm-hmm. And, you know, this kind of comedies where men dressing up as women or in the fats and the fat suits and makeups kind of got tarnished by the uh, the clumps, you know, by Eddie Murphy doing the Nutty Professors and Norbit and all of that. So there's a negative, there's a big stigma around this type of, of film. But I personally think that Big Mama's House really steps up to the game and delivers something a little bit different to those. This has a little bit more of a heart, a bit a little, a little more of a soul. I feel like it intentionally goes out of its way to not just be, hey, here's a fat black lady jokes. Like, obviously it has those because that's what Hmm. you have to have. But I think it does a little bit more than that. And I've only seen the Jerry Lewis Nutty Professor. Oh, really? And I imagine the remake's exactly like that. And this is pretty distinct, so it's fine. (laughs) So the director here is pretty infamous. We've had him be a returning uh, director for this. He's probably one of our most unappreciated directors we've done. His name is like, uh, like uh, how would you pronounce that, Bartek? I just want to pass it off to you. Quick links. No, just kidding. It's uh, a... <laughs> Raja Gosnell? Yeah, what does it be like? Is it Gosnell? Yeah. Um, he's he's done a lot most recently, uh, uh, problematically so, uh, Show Dogs, which I saw in the cinema, and I do not regret it, and hopefully one day we cover it on the show. On uh, the new show, yeah. Did you uh, see it uncensored, Ryan? But he did uh, Home Alone 3. Uh, he did Never Been Kissed. Then he did this, and then he did Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo yeah. 2. Okay, first two. Beverly yeah. Hills Chihuahua. Uh-huh. Smurfs and Smurfs 2. So we've now covered... And Show Dogs. And we've now covered three of his films. All of those, I think, are, like, unappreciated, right? All of those films, especially those Smurfs movies. Now, now, now I know what you're saying. This movie has a lot of moving parts, and one of those is a story. The story to this movie, simply put, is an FBI agent has to go undercover as, a, a, as an elderly, fat, black woman to nab in uh, a suspect's uh, uh, former lover, 
the granddaughter of uh, the grandmother. Yeah, the the, the daughter of the this person, the granddaughter of this person he's playing. She is a uh, a possible uh, liaison to a criminal who robbed two million dollars because she worked at the bank. Yep. He has to try and hook her in to hook in the main criminal who's played by Terrence Howard, who we all know is the guy from Iron Man 1 who played his best friend Rhodey and then decided he didn't want to be in the Marvel movies anymore. He's, he's revolutionising <laughs> mathematics, Ryan. He, he literally wanted more money than Robert Downey Jr. He thought he deserved more money than the lead star. Okay. And then they said no, and then he went to college and became like what Will just said. That wasn't a joke on Will's part. I, yeah, I looked he's at, creating an alternate system I of uh, at, mathematics. Yeah, I looked at his um, Wikipedia page. Mixed results, mixed results. And there was a whole like par- subheading of of like his name and ology at the end of it, and he's trying yeah. to... Make arguments as to why one times one equals two or something like that. <laughs> yep, he's a he's a crazy boy. Bum bum bums. Um, <laughs> I looked up who played Big Mama herself, the actual person. Oh, it's some Broadway person, right? It's a Broadway person, and she appeared a lot on like um talk shows just as herself. She's one of those kind of morning show people. Um, still around, and one of the writers of this is a very well known writer for 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 us. Yeah. You'll very much appreciate this, Bartek. Because this ties it all together. This movie has a lot of returning people. And once I name this movie that they've done, you'll be like, of course. Because this came out after Asian Cody Banks 2, Destination London. Ah, and the chocolate Ooh. surprise returns. Yes, exactly. Then they did Deck the Holes. Mm. And uh, then they did some other movies that we haven't covered, like Surf's Up, Rio, Rio 2, and Ferdinand. Okay. But, I've uh, seen Rio. But uh, you could have covered those. But... Those are just some of the returning behind-the-scenes things. Obviously, this has obviously a lot of things going on. Fox is a uh, is a producer on the uh, produced this film, made it, the company. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like you know, we have this film in which we have this criminal here played by Terrence Howard, who some might say you know um, is a bad guy in this movie. But I really felt for his character because he just was told he had to pay a hundred dollars for a gun, and then the guy's like two hundred dollars, and he's like want to pay that and I, I can relate to that i don't want to pay things that were misled and didn't you really feel for his character mm, yes but he wanted a gun and gun equals bad unless you a lot cop. of guns unless you cop yes there's <laughs> you cop if you gmart cop now i'll go quickly through some of the returning stars because like i said to you guys before that we have a lot of returning people here mm-hmm. a lot more than you might expect so we'll hold on to your seats we have martin lawrence of course we had i'm him. holding he was in Wild Hogs. Yes, he was. One of the four. Um, we have Paul Giamatti in Big Fat Lion Thunderpants and now this. Mm-hmm. Anthony Anderson's in this, of course, and Kangaroo Jack in Agent Cody Banks 2. Yes. Which we just mentioned. Now, Cedric the Entertainer plays the Reverend in this, uh, Will. And Cedric played a Reverend in the film Man of the House, which has a very similar premise to yeah, this movie. He was an ex-con and like he was uh, like an accompl- not accomplice, but like a... He was an informant. informant. That's the word. He was a go-to guy. And he was also in Intolerable Cruelty as the best character ever, Gus Petch. Because he's going to nail your ass. And then we get into some interesting stuff here. We go down to the list of lesser-known actors in this movie, or lesser characters. Carl Wright, who plays uh, the the male suitor for Big Mama, the one who wants to sleep with her. Yeah. Oh, Ben. Ben. He was in Just Visiting as the train station master. He was very nicely dressed. I remember we commented on him. Oh, right on. That's uh, the, you know what? You know, Anthony Anderson... 
from our third episode. That's a character from our fourth episode. That's a really nice return. And and obviously Poggi Marty's in the second and yeah. first. And then Bartek, you're gonna wait yourself. We have someone from Surf Ninjas. That's like our fifth or sixth episode. Yeah, who is Philip it? Tan, who's the bold Asian man at the start of this movie, wants to kick Paul Giamatti. He played one of the major. Uh, uh, Villains, uh, one of the head ninjas that they had to fight. Okay. So this is when we I get. I was hoping l- he was the the Barbarama or whatever it was. No, 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 no. And this is where we get lower down. So tr- uh, Trent, correctly, is that the name of the kid? The kid, yeah, yeah. He yeah. played the younger version of Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character in, in Snow Dogs. Dogs. Oh, right on. But this is where we get cool. So, so now we're going to. Uh, there's Mrs. Patterson, one of the friends. There were two Mrs. Well, yeah, Patterson. Which one? Right? The first one. Which one? Well, one of them is called Other Patterson. So yeah. this is Ms. Patterson. Okay. She was, uh, she was a woman in Friday After Next. Oh. She was the lead woman that got like intimidated by uh, uh, Mike Epps and then brought her gangster sons yes, over. Yes, I remember. Right and on. the last one, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's like... T- Tichina, Tichina, uh, Tichina mm, Arnold or something. She's best known for being the mum in Everybody Hates Chris and uh, 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 Chiffon, no, Crystal in Little Shop Horror is one of the three singers. She's oh. in Drillbit Taylor as a photography teacher, but you may know her as Martin Lawrence's wife in Wild Hogs. Right, right. Which is cool because she's in this as the pregnant one. The one who gives birth. And it's kind of neat. And the cab driver is a consulting uh, assistant. So an assistant to Martin Lawrence. So he appears in every Martin Lawrence thing as an assistant. This is one of the few times he acts. So little things like that. So this is one of those movies where you see a community, not just within our world, but also offshoots. The writer of this grabs Anthony Anderson to be in, in Agent Cody Banks 2 and like stuff like that. So I like it when you have a movie like this. That's just a nexus of, of entertainment community banding together and then spawning things off and offshooting. It's just and really poignant stuff. And none of that would have been felt if this was our first episode. No, exactly right. <laughs> we had to wait 161 episodes for this. It's, for, it's a rich tapestry. If only, like a bra. If only we had Bruce exactly. Cook and Jaleel White. Well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> if you pick a real good movie for, for our first one of the no, next No, it's all right. One of them went to space, the other went to the desert. <laughs> Wait, Ryan, is the bloke who plays Screech in this? In well, the you, have to ask, you have to ask Bart. Like, he's a Screech expert. I've never watched a singular episode of Saved by the Bell. Well, in our first episode, you guys repeatedly ask, is that Screech? Is that Screech? Oh, is that Screech? So I wanted to ask you guys if you know who he is now. That's him, right? On the screen right now, Martin Lawrence? Yeah. <laughs> is that... So is that lingerie? So the bloke who plays Screech? Yeah, is Screech Dustin lingerie? Diamond. Didn't he have a porn? Did yeah, he... it was like Saved by the Smell or something. I don't know. <laughs> He's a weirdo. He right? sounds like one. He was but... in uh, Dickie Roberts. He was. Yeah. He was in a few things. So, Mister Bartek. That's my dad's name. No, it is. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's a lot going on in this uh, feature film here. So when you walked into it and you had some ideas of what things were, considering you'd seen the final act of the second film, mm. but the dog of, fighting confused me. Yes. But what was your feelings walking into this? It it did put a lot of things together, like why this character, you know, Martin Lawrence Malcolm is, uh, you know, putting on this disguise. Like initially, I did think it was just like a nanny story, like oh maybe like a uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Maybe he's he's yeah, like maybe he's a man in a woman's world and he needs work or something. Oh, like I don't Tootsie. Know. Maybe, 
Um, so it was fun seeing, you know, there's a reason for it that he's not just putting on a fake character. He's actually impersonating someone. That mm. was a nice thing that I was not expecting. And the fact that he had to deceive... A whole community of people. A whole community of people, but especially, like, the a d- direct descendants. Ooh, it's tough was... when you have to deceive people, isn't it, Well, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was wondering yeah. what he was going to say. He agreed. <laughs> He's deceiving us right now with the silence. <laughs> we were expecting an answer. He doesn't give us one. The ultimate deception there. Yeah. We're being nice to the listening people. We don't actually call him by his first name. We call him Big Willa, but we have to call him Will now. <gasps> big big Willa's house. Big, big Willie. That's, <laughs> that's, that's Will Smith. I feel like, his yeah, Will brother is <laughs> Big Willa. Um, you know, there's a lot going on here, you know. I think when I walked into this... I was expecting... Cheerleaders? No, that no. trip down memory lane that you have when you haven't seen a movie in so long but you used to watch it all the time. But I'm actually quite surprised how much of this had slipped from my memory banks, you know? Okay. like, And that's not a negative thing. I'm not saying that the movie doesn't leave a lasting impression. I remember the dogfight people. <laughs> but, like, you know, what I'm saying is it was refreshing to have that, which is very rare for me, that first-time viewing experience, again, after already having it, you know? Like, you know what I mean by that? Like That's a sentiment a lot of a lot of people I've heard say and I've had. Like, I wish I could forget this so I could re-experience it again for the first time. Like, a mystery story that was, like, told really well. Yeah, yeah, you know? And I, I, I feel the same, you know? I, I just feel that way. I'm like, man... And it was so nice to have this, you know, with this particular film. Will... Having possibly having possibly watched it in Queensland when you were nine may or may not <laughs> have happened. Um, may or may not have happened. <laughs> possibly seen it in the cinema in Queensland, the only cinema in Queensland. Uh, what was it like going back to this yourself? Did you have hits of memory lane? Did you completely forget things? What's going on? Well, when it first started, I didn't recall much of anything but sort of as it goes along am i more and more it's like i remember more and more of this it's sort of things are sort of jolting loose from my brain falling down and like that dress them. stuck in the underwear and you just have to tuck it out oh yeah this stuff, is the poster stuff right? is falling down yeah. stuff is falling down it's one of the many posters and then i was trying to figure out it's like i know i saw this around the time it came out but i cannot remember the context and i kept getting sort of flashes of of, of Queensland, perhaps. So, reminds me of when we did Land of the Lost. I'm like, I think I've seen this, but I don't know if I have because there's so many familiar things. I, I've in definitely it. seen it, but I can't remember the exact context. Now, our lead star here is Martin Lawrence, who has just recently returned to cinema. He was gone for quite some time, you know. He's, yeah. Think about it. When was the last time you saw Martin Lawrence in a thing? Uh, maybe Wild Hogs. Wild I don't Hogs. Know. That was like 2007. He, he recently has returned. You know, and I, I, I appreciate people like him. Think about this. this I, I, I don't want to stereotype. There's obviously actors of other minorities and races that do this, but I find that a lot of uh, black comedic actors do take that hiatus and then return, like Chris Tucker. We haven't seen Chris Tucker in a while. And then he turned up in Silver Linings Playbook, and you're like, Chris Tucker? Right? Like, you know, and Martin Lawrence is one of those people. And even, you know, to a lesser degree, Will Smith kind of disappeared for a while. And now he's back. And a lot of these people kind of take their moment and then come back. And Martin Lawrence has come back. And I just want to ask you guys, what is your knowledge of Martin Lawrence as a comedian, as an actor, as an individual? What is your perception of him? And do you like him? And do you like his style? What's, what's the feeling? And are you glad he's back? I'm... 
I'm not as familiar with him um, as this question would like me to be, but I do... I would like you to be as well, <laughs> but I am also asking a former question. Honestly, that thing I just said could apply to so many episodes yeah. when you've asked a question. Um, but I, I like his his physical appearance. He looks like a leading man type of character. Yeah, I mean, he's a bad boy. Mm. And I'm sure and I'm sure you he's said... He's bad boys too. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be a bad boys three. And I'm sure you said... Um, you said that he's a comedian. I'm sure he's also a very funny guy, but I feel like I don't know. Maybe maybe this is another thing of like stereotyping. But I feel like if you got a black comedian, it feels like maybe they only can play a funny type. But I feel like he could really like do either one. Well, yeah, you're right. Don't pigeonhole. I mean, Eddie Murphy's done serious types like Donkey. Oh, we did uh, mention Nutty Professor. We did mention Nutty Professor. He has some serious moments within the absurd comedy, and uh, let's not forget he got Oscar nominated, and then Norbert happened. Uh, what was he nominated for again? Um, Norbert, uh, Ryan just said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He was nominated for, uh, what was it? It had, like, girls on the title. Um, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Uh, what about you, Will? Are you as familiar with Martin Lawrence's works? What do you feel about him? Um, well, look, I'm not as familiar with Martin Lawrence as Bartek would like me to be for this question. <laughs> but, you know, I see him about and I like him and, yeah, I reckon I'm I'm glad he's back. Are you glad he's I'm back? I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back. I didn't know he was gone, but I'm glad he's back. So, well, good so, feelings. Good so, feelings. So, so, he's back. I'm glad he's back. I will tell you now, I'm not. I'm more familiar with his style. Like, I've seen some of the Martin Lawrence show. You're more familiar with him than I want you to be. Uh, I've seen the Big Mama House one. I haven't seen two or three. I've seen Wild Hogs. I've seen a few of his other things. Uh, bad, I've seen the Bad Boys movies, so I've seen him be more... You've seen Bad Boys too. I've seen Bad Boys too. Uh, I've watched Hot Fuzz. So, um, I'm a bit more familiar with his range as well. Like, Bad Boys, he's still a comedic character, but it's more dramatic, you know? Like, in uh, Blue Blue Streak and stuff like that. So I'm a bit more familiar. He's back, and I'm so glad, because he's back in the weirdest way. He's disappeared, and what's his first movie he does? One of his first in a while? Beach Bum by Harmony Kareen. We all know who Harmony Kareen is? Sounds familiar. He did Spring Breakers, that movie where James Franco gets all those former Disney girls like Selena Gomez and whatnot and makes them a bunch of bank-robbing criminal scum with, like, pink balaclavas and bikinis with AK-47s. I haven't heard of this, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's Harmony Kareen, like, he's... He's a provocateur kind of filmmaker. Like, his films... He has a movie called Trash Humpers, which is, like, the shittiest quality VHS-looking thing, and it's, like, a weird kind of sketch comedy thing where a bunch of old people wear these... Where a bunch of these people wear old people masks and harass people in town. Is he, like, a satirist or something? He's a provocateur. Like, he just does things to provoke... He's, like... um, Is he an iconoclast? Uh... He's very much like uh, I don't know how to describe it. He's very odd, but he's odd. he's like um, that guy who I'm forgetting. He's like he's like many directors, but I'm forgetting. There's that one specific guy who does an, uh, the film Antichrist and Melancholia and and um, uh, uh, Jack built the, the house that Jack built. I'm forgetting the director's name off the top of my head, but mm. like. There's that filmmaker where it's like sometimes you just wish that they could make a film, but they're too busy trying to provoke you. That's right. Harmony Kareen. Harmony Kareen can make really good movies, but too, he's too busy trying to provoke a reaction out of you. And Beach Bum is supposed to be fun. It's like Matthew Broderick, Isla Fisher, all these people. Matthew Broderick's like a Beach Bum who just kind of travels around from characters to characters. And one of them's Martin Lawrence as like a, a, a boat captain. Okay. That does sound good. 
and I love that. Like, I love when these weird, these mainstream comedians come back and they do, like, these really weirdo movies. You're like, yeah, like, when David Lynch gets, like, respectable actors in his movies and you're like, what? what? So he's going around from character to character. Is that kind of like a Bubble Boy kind of thing? Yeah, it's like a Bubble Boy oh, thing. Oh, that sounds good. Now, let's talk about the best character in the movie here. You already said his name. Well, let's say it again. Ben. Benny ben Boy. Ben is amazing. <laughs> and my only complaint with Ben... We didn't get to see his dick. But my second complaint is Big Mama here tells him that he needs to get a different suit when she kicks him out, like when he's fully out. Like, you need to get a better suit or whatever. I'm disagreeing there. I think his outfit looks delightful. He's got the hat too. If I was an older lady, you know, past my prime, and I had a male suitor and he dressed up like that, I'd be into it. What if you were a younger lady? If I was a younger lady and I had an older gentleman like him dress up like that to me, I'd be very much into it. If it was a younger gentleman, I would want a bow tie, but other than that... What if you were a newborn? If I was a newborn, I'd call the police. (laughs) (laughs) And what would you tell them? Goo Goo Gaga? But no, 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 I'm not Lady Gaga. I'm Ryan. (laughs) Oh, you're like Boss Baby Ryan. I'm I'm Alec Baldwin. (laughs) Cookies are for closers. So, yes, what did we think of this character? Did we love him? I loved him. I he forgot about him. He was very funny. Will? Ben's remind- a great guy. Reminds- and he has a good suit. He does have a good suit. Does he remind you of yourself? Well, I mean, he's got a mustache. I've got a mustache. And there was one point <laughs> where Ryan, not you, Ryan, but a different Ryan from university told me, it's like, William, do you wear suits a lot? You seem like the kind of guy who would wear suits a lot. Will, do you wear suits a lot? You you seem like the kind of guy who wears suits a lot, sits in his car and reviews food. Are you Reporter of the Week? (laughs) Are you a salamander man who reviews food and is very polite? You wouldn't wear Hawaiian shirts. (laughs) Are you Review (laughs) Bruh? I, I mean, might be review, bro. You are, Australian review, bro. You should start a YouTube channel and you're the Australian review, bro. You really are him. Um, This woman here, classy lady. She was she credited? Her, she was. Oh, okay. No joke. She was. <laughs> okay. I looked at every single cast member to make sure we had no repeat offenders being missed. And I'm glad repeat I did. Repeat offenders? Oh, oh, in, a, in it, unappreciated yeah. masterpieces. In a world where these films are called unappreciated masterpieces and they consider them the, uh, uh, the uh, correct uh, Bartek, world. That's our world we're living in right now. Not a world, this world. I know, but sometimes when I sleep, I dream. <laughs> I dream. Will, you messaged us before this, and I want some explanation. You said, I watched this at 2am in the morning, and that was an experience. Why? Oh, I was just sort of procrastinating on it, and it sort of got to like... Two in the morning, it's like, well, I really better watch this now. <laughs> better, and I better pull two the in the trigger. morning. Better pull the trigger on this one. Um, so we agree this is the best film ever made, right up there. It's got our boy, Paul Giamatti. Now, it's got the G-Man. It's got the G-Man. He plays a G-Man on a level. He is a government boy. Um, how excited were you, Bartek, to see his little face again? I was, I was humbly excited. Now, Bartek... How does it feel knowing that this is the youngest we've seen Paul Giamatti? That's true. This is two years before the other two films we did. <laughs> he looks like a newborn baby. He does. Like A few times I've mentioned that... Um, <laughs> he I've... looks like a dog. <laughs> a few times I have mentioned that I've seen um, video <laughs> Let's Plays of, uh, of a 90s uh, 
adventure game that he played a character in. That was like, from the it's 90s. one of those point and click ones where they like Christopher Walker. One of those yeah, ones, like point and click, but with Walken. live action footage, like full motion video. What's that famous uncle, game? I saw my Christopher... uncle playing that Christopher Walken one once, but I yeah, can't remember the name. Oh, that's what's called. Yeah, it's the one that Paul Giamatti's also in. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Is he is he related to the story of Christopher Walken? Are they he's, in scenes together? It, it's it's a, it's Christopher like, hey, it's you, and he's like, nah, it's me. It's, it's a Paul murder Giamatti. mystery. It's a murder mystery, and I think he's one of the autopsy people. Who Paul Giamatti? Yeah, that makes so much sense. It's like the other week when you said James Woods plays a policeman, a, a government agent, government agent. I'm like, of course, I don't believe it. Oh, Octavia Spencer's here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> She started out her career with this and then moved all the way up to Ma. Moved all the way up to Space Control. Space Control. What's that film called? Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures, the one I saw a trailer for a million times. <laughs> Space Control. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was the title. I just couldn't remember what the... What... It's called NASA, you fuck. She works at NASA. I love you. like, yeah, she works at Space Control right up there with Major Tom. <laughs> Now, Bartek, could you uh, shine a light on what Roger Ebert had to say about this infamous scene and how this was the first line of his review? The first line of Roger Ebert's review was mentioning basically any film that has a oven mitt or an oven mitt and a quote-unquote plumber's friend during a scene where someone's giving birth has to be worth at least a few laughs. How many scenes are there of that in movies? I don't know. Well, Roger, Roger Ebert would know, I guess. I guess we have to go to hell to ask him. So, ooh, deep burn, Roger. Um, He'll really be too sweating. Soon, guys, too guys, soon. Anthony Anderson just entered the film. Yeah. Too. How does it feel knowing that this is the youngest we've seen him? Yeah, that's true. This is like also two or three years before Kendrick Jack. This is seven years before he did Transformers. Hey, he wasn't that, wasn't he? I ate the whole plate. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember of Transformers 1 is Anthony Anderson in a police interrogation with a plate of cookies. And he throws the plate and he goes, I ate the whole plate. That's amazing. What, that he was in that? No, that I, seem line. To, I seem to remember Anthony Anderson <laughs> screaming at his mum as well from upstairs in that Mama, movie. I ate the whole plate. <laughs> um, he's shining a torch down uh, Chris Rock's mum's vagina. And that's amazing. Because she was the mum and everybody hates Chris. You know what's a little weird? That you're not doing that? I found it, like, when I saw Paul Giamatti in this movie, I found it striking. It's like, oh, he's so young. But when, when Anthony Anderson walked on screen, it was just like, oh, it's Anthony Anderson. <laughs> I didn't think, <laughs> like, oh, saying, he's so young. Are you saying black don't crack and white is like milk? He's, I guess Anthony Anderson don't uh, crack, his, gentlemen. Can you, guys, Reeves. can you guys observe this for me? I don't know if you observe this, but um, do they... I don't know how to say this politely. An oven mitt, God. Oh, it's a turkey baster. It's not even a plunger. No, 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 no there's a, a plunger. A plunger rocks up. Oh, it does? Cool. Uh, what I was going to say was... Sorry, Thomas' friend. And Tongs. Could you say... Uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding it wrong, so I'm just going to say it how I feel. Go for it. Do they have two different babies in this single shot? So when the baby first comes out and then when they hand it over. And the big thing I have to ask is... Is one of those babies white? Because they looked very white. Let's pay attention. Uh, Will, you have to give me your perspective on is it a white baby that they first come out with and then when they hand it to it, it's a black baby. Are you sure you weren't just mixing it up with the scenes where it cuts to Paul Giamatti? <laughs> He's very young this time. Man. You know, Paul Giamatti looks exactly like a dog. Like, like he looks like some kind of pug. Well, he was licked by one, so it makes sense. Yeah, he, he's licked he, by a Rottweiler. He got, Does he, he look he like got, a Rottweiler? No, he looks like a pug. Okay, 
This one kind of looked a little bit white. Okay, maybe maybe it's just the lighting. Yeah, it, I don't know. There looks like maybe it, a little. Not as not as so he looked a bit white here. Then it feels like when they actually handed over to her this cut, it looks like a significantly darker skinned baby. But maybe it's just the lighting. See, he looks darker skinned now. Yeah, it does. And there's less lighting when it's closer to her. But when he was in his hands, it looked darker. Maybe, maybe they got a biracial baby. Then they're like, Nah, it's not passing the test. Makeup. Well, my obvious question to you, Ryan, is: Was was the baby credited? No, it wasn't. Oh, well, then it wasn't of course like, we don't know. It wasn't then. like the X, <laughs> where there's like 14 babies that weren't in the movie that were credited. Um, peacocks. <laughs> Just so got to point that out. Thank you. I don't... I, like, it did look a little... I don't think you're completely mental there, Ryan. I think... No. It wasn't worth be valid. Can we all appreciate that the makeup is amazing? That you could see the ridge on the lip of where the mustache would be underneath? Isn't that amazing? It's a nice touch. Yeah. Because... You, I can almost see the moustache. You don't You don't have the... What's this part here where the lip yeah, and the I, nose? I can't remember. Yeah, oh, the what, little gap. Oh, God. What's that called? The Devil's Highway. Starts, <laughs> starts with a P. Starts with a P. The Devil's Highway. I'm calling it that. The Pebbles so, Highway. It doesn't have the Pebbles Highway. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I like that the makeup people did a really good job on... Um, Making Martin Lawrence turn into this into this woman, I think they did a really exceptional job, and I think Martin Lawrence, you know, someone who I'm not as like I'm not going to say it's, I'm familiar if he has worked with being in prosthetics before, but I think he does a really good job of working through the prosthetics and still molding a character mm. and using enough facial expressions because you know think about it like how hard it would be to have all this stuff on your face, and we know Martin Lawrence worked very hard on this movie. Didn't he, guys? Well, yes. I mean, he died. <laughs> he well, that's why he came back recently, yeah. He didn't die. He just went into a three-day coma because he's crazy and was... What was he doing? He was, he was jogging, jogging, jogging in around in the fat suit yeah. in, like, no, like yeah. 40, uh, a 40-degree 40 day or something? Uh, no, no, I'm going to have to look this up because it didn't say fat suit. I think Yeah, it, no, no, he was in the fat suit was, at the time. Though I'm he, pretty sure he was in something. That he, I swear, I swear I'm looking incidences. it up. I swear it said a jumper. I swear to you. Or maybe you. it was like a hundred jumpers or something. Uh, Martin Lawrence got into a three-day coma from jogging in sweaters with a, with 100-degree weather in oh. August. Huh. In sweaters. Okay, so it wasn't a hundred. I remember the, the hundred sweaters part. to get ready for the fat suit? I, I don't know. I thought know. it was training. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we yeah. made it more interesting than it was, I guess. <laughs> um... Yeah, I like the fact that this film has a lot of personal touches too. Like the trivia point of the writer came up with the name Big Mama because that's what the kids used to call his mama. Mm. I think that's really really yeah. neat. On on um on the point that you said with the makeup, because we've done a lot of films where there have been characters with heavy makeup, especially like Nothing But Trouble. Mm. Um, I like that in this film, as part of you know the character having to put on the makeup, we actually got to see. Um, you know, it getting put on and it getting taken off. It, like, put us a lot more into the world. It wasn't so much... Um, it wasn't so much, like, nothing but trouble or, to a minor extent, um, so I married an axe murderer with the dad, um, where we, the audience, had to believe this is what the actual person is. Here, it's an actual disguise. Yeah. I really like that element. It's, it's like, also, I appreciate the fact that it's, a, it's his specialty as an FBI guy and that he does it himself. It's not like yeah. in a... Uh, in uh, White Chicks, where they get someone else to do it, or in Mrs. Doubtfire, where he gets his brother to do it. 
Mm. Who do you remember who the brother was in Mrs. Doubtfire? I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? No. Well, it was the nineties, and it was a gay guy. Who do you think it was? Um. Oh, what's his name? Rupert Everett. Surprisingly, not. It was. I gotta call my mother. Oh, Harvey Feinstein. Oh. Of course it was. Of course it was. I mean, who else would it have been? <laughs> uh, I should have specified it was an American gay guy. Right. Because Rupert Everett's English. Yes. Um, Guys. Yes. May I ask a question? I'll allow it. Did this get uh, nominated for Best Makeup at the Oscars in 2000? Well, no. Unfortunately, not, Will. And the was reason that, uh, that was... category at the time? I don't well, know. Well, I'm going to ask you... I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to answer you. Yeah, I don't know if it was, but the reason that it didn't get nominated at the time was... And this is true. I looked this up because I knew Will was going to ask this question. They had to save that nomination like 16 years early so that Suicide Squad could get it for, for their Oscar. <laughs> I think <laughs> they had to save it so that Will Smith could be in an Oscar winning movie. <laughs> I, I think... Um, His makeup was very good in that. Oh, yeah. He had a beard. <laughs> I think um, it, the film did get... not This film did get nominated for like other movie awards like Kids Choice Award, Teen Choice Award. Not stuff. Best Kiss? <laughs> I don't know about Best Kiss. I mean, you know, fake when, Big Mama and Granddaughter. No, I was going to say Paul Giamatti and Dog. <laughs> oh, that was like one-sided though, wasn't it? Well, you know, it doesn't have Do to one-sided be. Do one-sided kisses get nominated for Best Kiss? I don't know. You have to ask. Now, hey guys, quick question. Did you guys think like I did that if you introduce that the kid is really, really good at karate, that that, that would pay off in third act or pay off ever? So I literally thought, oh, he, oh, Martin Lawrence is going to be incapacitated or he won't be able to take down Terrence Howard and the kid will do it with karate. And then he never did. And I was a little bit like, good on you, movie, for not reaching my expectations. You subverted them. Well, there are two sequels, Ryan. And I hear that in a... He's la- in the second one. I hear that in a late one of the sequels, he pursues a rap career. Oh, I'm glad to hear that he became a rapper. His profile picture on IMDb is him wearing jorts, which are jean shorts. Oh, okay. Jorts. Best known uh, by being worn by Kevin Smith, the famed filmmaker. Sorry, sorry, Paul Giamatti was just sweating there, and I just got excited. He smacks an ass later. (laughs) And he doesn't get any repercussions (laughs) for it, might I add. I read that in my notes. He smacks smacks a woman's ass who's holding a baseball bat. Who hates him. Who hates him. And then she dances with him. And and has already kicked him in the nuts. Well, I'll explain why that makes sense later. When it happens, but it does actually make sense. Yeah, the film's just a little bit smarter than people gave it credit for. Yeah, honestly, Ryan, like with the um the karate that gets set up and then doesn't come back. Frankly, set up and payoff is for hacks, and this film is just more better written. It's like the right. It's like it's just more better written. It's like um one of the showrunners of Game of Thrones bravely said, "Themes are for eighth grade essays." And I don't wow. and I don't use them in my scripts. Wow. Holy shit. I did not know he I did not know that was a quote. That's a quote. <laughs> I just does I that forgot explain, about does that. Does that explain? Hey, that's why the eighth season of Game of Thrones Game of Thrones Ooh, has no themes. I forgot about Ooh. that quote just like I forgot about the Iron Fleet. So th- <laughs> <laughs> That guy probably watches this film and thinks, "Oh, this is he just probably a kids it. film. There's no moral uh, dilemmas but, about, you know, your responsibilities uh, as a Bartek, worker." He wrote the best X-Men movie ever. What that third one? 
X-Men Wolverine Origins made oh. by the Polish filmmaker. Made by the no, made by the guy who directed a Polish film. For oh, some sorry, reason. sorry. I thought he was Polish. Um, now, what I like about this movie too is the the production design. You know, this movie it looks like a real place. It looks like a real place. I feel like we've seen it in things before. But here's one thing I really like: that bag she has, like the big bag that she has. That's like the MacGuffin of the sequence here. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't mean to brag, but uh, you my mum owned that bag. Not that specific bag, but <laughs> not that one from this film, but that exact same bag. My mum had that. I was watching it last night, and I'm like, we had that bag. And I and I contacted my mum, and she said, we did. I sent her, like, a photo. She's <laughs> like, we did have that bag. And in, the, in the photo, Martin Lawrence is there with a thumbs up. I wish it was. <laughs> hey, in this sequence here, I wrote in my notes, it just amused me. I love how they get a young lady and just put a grey wig on her so that in the end it can flip her. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's so convincing. Another fun thing is the old lady across the road with the pug that hates her. She's just one of those actresses that's been in everything. She's in Better Call Saul. And no joke, she's been in everything from the 80s as that old lady. <laughs> we know her best from Black Dynamite. She's Black Dynamite's aunt, who's like, They killed your brother, Black Dynamite! They killed your brother! And you ain't doing nothing about it, Black Dynamite! You ain't doing nothing! And I love the idea that his aunt calls him Black Dynamite. Like, 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 like that's his name. But uh, if you haven't seen Black Dynamite, worth a check. But um, this ain't no Black Dynamite. This is better. This is Anthony Anderson doing karate. Which, wasn't that a main recurring joke also in uh, Adrian Cody Banks 2, where he's like, I do karate chops and action? Yeah, wasn't that a thing of like, he he is a secret agent, but he doesn't really do action-y stuff, but he wanted to or something like that? Yeah. Here's my thing. Do you think, one, that maybe that's a theme of the writer using for Anthony Anderson? Or do you think, more likely, my pick, two, Anthony Anderson thinks himself a bit of an action star. And that's why he was a bit... That's why he didn't do Transformers 2, because he never got to fight a Transformer. He was like, you didn't give me... Michael, you're a hack. Who cares about that woman's ass? You should focus on me. Kick it ass. And then he's like... I'm not doing it anymore. And then he left. That's why he's not in any other Transformer maybe, movie. Maybe he considers um, the act of him biting something to be a martial art. And mm. that's what the cookies was all about. He ate the whole plate. He he martial arts the whole plate. And there's... where does the chocolate surprise fit into all of this? <sighs> My stomach. There's this um, YouTuber called Lindsay Ellis. She used to be oh, nostalgic. nostalgic. Yeah. She has a whole... Uh, she's making a 13-part analysis series on the Transformers movies. And her series is called The Whole Plate. Because she also thinks it's the best line ever. Okay. And the intro has like that Transformers-y type music with the noises. But you hear it faintly in the background. Eight whole plates. <laughs> I think way, way back in the day, she did have a video criticizing... Um, Michael Bay, so I guess yeah. I can I can believe that she's doing this. She's yeah. she they're all different film theory styles. So she did feminist theory and Transformers, which is the best, <laughs> or racial theory and uh, gender theory and all that kind of stuff. So it's real fun. But Anthony, uh oh, you don't rip a you don't rip an old black lady's wig off because then they rip all their own wigs off and kick your ass. And that's what really Anthony Anderson's been doing these last few years, getting his ass kicked by old ladies. We haven't heard much from him at late. Mm. I haven't seen him in a while. 
Is he wait, wait, is he coming back? Tell a lie. He has his own TV show called Blackish. It's pretty good. I'd recommend it. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it's, I'll it's, chuck it on the, my list. It's not the greatest show in the universe. It's no Malcolm in the Middle, but I mean, what is? <laughs> Nothing has been. Well, he's been with Malcolm. He has, and that's that's. Cody what... Banks too. Destination London. <laughs> yes, chocolate sprites. Now, guys, do you think this scene here is a bit of a foreshadowing to Paul Giamatti and Big Fat Liar being turned blue and saying "stop it"? It's a foreshadowing to riots. Uh, you think? Mm. Of us being disappointed that Paul Giamatti's not been in every single movie we covered secretly. That well, that, that, that's our fault for day. not picking films. Oh no, it's, in, it's Hollywood's fault for not having him in every single film. Yeah, but we pick films. It's Hollywood's fault for making films, Bartek. Oh yeah, that's good, that's true. That's good, that's true, I agree. <laughs> I almost said grew, that's true. Oh, it's, it's big. <laughs> it's grew. It's grooby. <laughs> no, grooby's fat. <laughs> oh, it's fat. Oh, Our Johns. Sorry, sorry, I'm just getting a bit turned on by Paul Giamatti wearing white gloves. Just And playing with Lego. I, wish I, always wished, I always wished he tossed my Lego. So, um, I always wished he rifled through my army trunk that I had as a child that my dad hid $2 million in and I never noticed the fake bottom. Guys, I'm still thinking about toss that Lego, yeah. <laughs> it's a good phrase, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you could use it. Walk. Uh, here's, here's how you could use it, Bartek. You grab some Lego. You, you, you pour it all into the kitchen. You wait for your mum to come into the kitchen, and then you say, Mum, I tossed some Lego, and then walk out. And then she'll be like, is that like yeeting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. And then your mum looks at you and goes, Mega blocks, And then walks away. <laughs> she doesn't know the difference. <laughs> classic Bartex mom. That's classic her. <laughs> she said, and then she giggles. <laughs> and then she links me rock the Casper of the song. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> because we did rock the Casper <laughs> the movie. <laughs> I love Bartex cracking up over how hilarious his I own forgot, mom is. I forgot about that. <laughs> his mom, Bartek's mom is a saint. Every time I see her, she asks me the exact same questions, expecting different answers. Like, so you're the Polish friend, yes? We're in Poland, you <laughs> for like all these things, and I always give disappointing answers. Which and is then she always because I feel like you've only met her like twice. I've met her like three or four times, and okay. then each time she responds with, "Oh, okay." Like disappointed by the lack of Polish heritage I can display. That like, is a Polish so you don't thing. speak Polish? No. Why is that? Because the war. Oh yeah, that's fair. And then just like drive silent. I love your mum though. She's so nice. Um, but is she as nice as playing basketball? Hmm. She's nicer, but she does not play basketball. Mm-hmm. So that is you know a demerit. Mm-hmm. Basketball. Now. So, Will, are you a big fan of b-ball? Do you like that shot for basketball? Do you like, like Mike? <sighs> yes, but, um, I'm like all the mics. I'm fantastic at basketball. Fun fact. As you can imagine. Basketball player number one was in Like Mike 2. <laughs> yeah? Wait, this is the, oh, there was a sequel, they wasn't there? Credited. Straight to video sequel. Then. Right. Um, now, we've seen this kind of scene done in many different ways. Yeah. You know, we've seen it done in Like Mike. The basketball movie where he gets a magical pair of shoes. I think we also saw it in uh, Three Ninjas. Oh, and, and let's not forget the cable guy. You know, basketball scene where mm. you don't expect this. And let's not forget the X. Oh, 
let's never forget the X. <laughs> that was a good film, yeah. Uh, and let's not forget Big Fat Liar, Thunderpants, Kangaroo Jack, you know, Just, just Visiting, visiting surf, ninjas, surf Ninjas. And we just list all 161. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bend it like Beckham. Bend her like Beckham. <laughs> uh, Convert them like Dave. Yeah, exactly. I really like the fact that, although we've seen this scene done in many different ways, I feel like this scene still has a very unique way of approaching it, which is it is a wholesome building relationship moment. It's not just a, hey, look at me, I'm Big Mama. It's not doing also Anthony Anderson sees her play basketball and questions that it's her. I was expecting that. Mm. At no point does anyone ever question that it's not her. Yeah. Which is refreshing. The only person close is the neighbor across the road, but she isn't even questioning that. She's she more questioning that you've got a guy. As, yeah. yeah. Not even an affair. She's just not having the sexual relations because she's a prude. Yeah. Because Big Mum is not married or anything. So uh, I really like that this scene builds hard. It doesn't do that kind of tenuous thing, uh, tedious thing of being like, ooh, she's been spotted being not old and fat. Like, you know, she's physically active, and Anthony Anderson will be like, that's not Big Mama. I'm going to cause drama in the end of the second act, start of the third. Like, you know, mm. uh, I really like that it's a building moment between these two characters and that it's, you know, a paternal moment of him being a fatherly figure whilst also being a grandmotherly figure. It's a real interesting dichotomy there. Mm. It's one of the best scenes in cinema. And I also like that the two guys that they're playing with aren't villainous jerks. Like, yeah, they're shoving and pushing, but... You see that in basketball. You don't see them like like sticking their foot out and tripping or like kicking them down. Yeah, maybe or maybe like it's just really and they graciously uh, graciously accept defeat. Yeah, they're not like we lost to an old lady. Boo! And then they bummer, start. man. <laughs> Why are you such a fag, bro? And he's like, no, I just I didn't lose to no big mama. And then they start punching each other, and they're like, you go to hell, bully boy. And then big mama's like, both of you boys, you've been going to hell for losing. And they're like, no. And then you see the post credit scenes as them burning in hell, while Satan is playing basketball in the background, and Satan is played none other by Paul Giamatti. And he's like, this is why I'm not in the second one. It's like a Ned Flanders twist. He was the devil all along. <laughs> yeah, oh man, if Paul Giamatti was the devil, I'd be so rapt to go to hell. If there was a live-action <laughs> Simpsons, would you want him to be Ned Flanders? No, it has to be David Cross with a wig on. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no alternative. Or Brian Cranston. Because he played it yeah. like, when he was Wild or White to begin with. He looks like Ned Flanders. <laughs> um, but no, it has to be Tobias Funke from Arrested Development. David Cross, just with a wig on. And he's just like, hello, fellow kids. Or he's Professor Frank, maybe. I don't know. It's hard because Jerry Lewis is dead. Mm. <laughs> he would have been prof- Professor Frank because that's what he was. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's what Professor Frank was. I like Professor Frank. Though. He's fun. Makes you laugh, makes you think. <laughs> like the wow, the thing, and the person. Flavin, <laughs> Spaven. Oh, that monkey's going to pay. <laughs> um, ooh, now this scene is very important because it sets a precedent of she's hot. Yeah, we're all silent for this scene. I wonder why. Sorry, uh, um, damn. Ooh. What are you, a fag? <laughs> Satan. <laughs> we found out before doing this, too, my fiance looked up a chart for this movie of famous phrases used in all three movies. And the most common phrase used in all three movies is, ooh, the top picks were damn, dadass, and ooh. And ooh is used, what was it, like 41 times? I think it was like 50 to 60. 50 to 60 times in all three movies. Or damn comes at a close 30 times. 
and Deadass was like 19? 19 Something times. Something was 19. 19 yeah. times. And it's just like, huh, interesting. I think that scene really is also good because you know you could look at that scene of her in her underwear as like a as a sexualization of her, and that obviously is a part of what it is. But it's also showing that Martin Lawrence has a a, a physical attraction to her, as well as what we're going to be seeing here during the camping sequence, an emotional attraction to her. It's building up the relationship in three dimensions there. Like, mm. you know, it's so easy for you to be like of course they're going to get together because she's a beautiful woman and he's you know the leading guy but I think that they do a good job too of chucking the relationship in with the kid there he's not thrown by that or thrown by the fact that her former lover is the criminal at hand that he's apprehending or trying to apprehend he loves her for her beauty as well as her mind and isn't that really what love is all about yeah I, I was joking a bit earlier when I was talking about the themes of like you know professional being good at your job and and the whole conflict that's presented here mainly through paul giamatti's commentary is that you've got a professional duty here to you know carry this all out objectively but you're clearly you know emotionally invested in this woman is this going to compromise your work and i feel like for most of it he was okay like he was still always doing it for his job obviously there were feelings there but i feel like it wasn't really compromised yeah I agree. Um, this is a very emotional, touching scene here. And I think one of the things that makes it emotional and touching is there's something about this kind of scenery in a film that really sparks that kind of feeling of warmth within you. You know what I mean? Like this, the, 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 the dam or whatever you want to call this, if it's a lake or dam or whatever. Like a lake? Yeah, pond, lake. Pond. Puddle. Damn. Damn. Thank you, Will. Sink. Uh, uh, toilet. So, That's what I was going to say next, yeah. Argent. Uh, stomach contents. Uh, no, he knew what he was saying. <laughs> Will just disregards. He is a gent, yes. He is a gent. He's an agent uh, you know, It makes you think of, you know, those times like, oh, there, it feels like there should be a camp nearby. You know, like a local summer camp. Like, yeah, if, yeah, if, like if heavyweights. I was going to say heavyweights. If yeah. heavyweights or... or um, uh, the uh, one from Cody Banks, too. Bigger, uh, yeah. Or we didn't do it on the show, but Dirty Dozen 2. <laughs> we'll just sign. <laughs> Not Dirty Dozen. No. Cheaper by the Dozen Cheaper by the Dozen. Oh, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, where Eugene Levy is the leader of a camp. And he must compete against uh, Steve Martin's camp. Now, I also like dragonflies. Or what they call dragonflies in this movie, which was lightning bugs. What, the fireflies? Fireflies, fireflies, sorry. Fireflies. Dragonflies. Fire, what's a dragonfly? There's something. They're the like yeah, yeah. like Spyro's like companion. You know, they've yeah, got like yeah. the really big well, eyes and I the like wings them and the, too. the long tail. Yeah. No, long tail. Uh, fireflies. Or as he calls them, lightning bugs. <laughs> We don't have fireflies. We don't. Which is a bummer. It's one of those things I would love to see in real they, life. They look very cool. We do have dragonflies, though. Yes, we do. I've seen them. They've they've flown towards me, and I don't like it. Because they're so pointy. Yeah, I remember as a kid, I thought, like, oh, is that, like, sharp? Will that sting me? But It's not even that they sting no. you. It's more that I don't want it to hit me. They are... Because yeah, they well, will fly at you. Yeah, they're, they're like, me. They're not, like, They don't take any shit. 
They can kind of hover though. They don't look like they're like you know bad. No, 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 they're not. Dragonflies. Uh, one of my favorite things. No joke. You know when you were a kid. I don't know if you had this. When you were a small kid, was there anything that you had a weird obsession over, like a, 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 a an animal, a bug, a person, a thing, something that you as a small child was like that was your thing that you were into? Did you have anything like that, guys? Um. Maybe, I think I might have been a little bit older than what you're saying, but I remember I really used to like frogs a lot. Frogs. Okay, what about you, Will? Just animals in general, but well, a lot. Well, I know that, because one time we finished a podcast, and Will came out of nowhere and went, guys, the other day I was reading about ladybugs, and I just lost my mind. You had to leave the room oh, for like 30 seconds to tell <laughs> wait, someone though, that. Ryan. I said ladybirds. Ladybirds, that's right. Oh, shit, it Let's was be ladybirds. fair. Guys... I, the other day, was looking up ladybirds. I'm like, of course you were. I had to run to tell someone. I didn't even get... I, then I had to come back and hear the fact that you had to tell Yes, us. yes, I remember that. Do you well, guys remember the fact? No, but tell us. It's um, in Poland. They're called God's Little Cow. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Fact. <laughs> Bartek, what's po- what is God's Little Cow in Polish? Um... Boja Mała Krówka? I don't know. That's, that's Ladybird. Um, <laughs> my thing that I was obsessed with as a kid was emerald green cuckoo flies. They were, mm. They're a type of fly. And I was like, I just like the name. And I was like, and there was a costume party thing. And I said, I want to dress up as an emerald green cuckoo fly or cuckoo wasp. I can't remember if it was a fly or wasp. I think it's a fly. And I was just like, I just like it. And I dressed up as one. Were you the bug kid of the anime? I would have been. <laughs> well, it's only no, it's only for that though. Only yeah. that. I didn't care for other bugs. I didn't hate them. I liked praying mantis. A praying mantis is a close second. Mm. I remember finding a praying mantis at school once, and I lost my mind. And I've I brought seen... it into class, and everyone's like, "Ooh!" And then the teacher's like, "Got to put it back." And I've I'm like, "Don't you touch moment. it." Hmm? It's always a big moment. It's always a big moment. I've seen some in my room before. In your room? Yeah. I'm like, I think maybe I have a photo. Do I they just like crawl strange, into your room? Like I have no idea. Do you not have them. fly screens? I do have fly screens. Yeah, here. Look. Oh my god, here's a picture from the 22nd, 23rd of the 2nd, 2018. <laughs> fun fact, I was mainly trying to take a picture of the car, but... <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because uh, we are getting rid of that car, and I was like, oh, we've had it for so long, and there's a family... You know, so you to wanted it. to take a picture of the car it's from inside. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, you we, know what? We'll, think... we'll have to share this photo on the social media because Bartek is saying I tried to take a picture of this car from inside through a window, and he's made yeah, yeah. up the frame of the window and uh, and his and his uh, fl- uh, uh sorry uh, curtain uh, Venetian blind. Whatever they call yeah, the Venetian metal, blind. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's what you got in focus, and the car is barely registered. To be fair, I think I did take... Yeah, the previous picture was of the car, and like I took the... Oh, that looks guns. a bit better. Why didn't you just better. go outside? But uh, I didn't want to leave. Wait, wait, go back to that photo. I'll tell you why I didn't go outside. It's grey in the sky. Yeah. Probably, probably raining like it is right now as we record. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> raining, but it was cold, yeah. I'll send you the picture of Guys, the... Anthony Anderson just pepper sprayed Paul Giamatti in the mouth and eyes, and Paul Giamatti's taking it like a champ. And you know why? Because he's getting ready for Big Fat Liar, in which he's going to be getting sprayed and kicked and pulled out with a lot of things. He's getting prepped. You know how sometimes, what is it like? Is it is it arsenic or cyanide that you can, if you take a little bit at a time, you can gain a, an immunity from it? 
maybe it's quite arsenic. a lot of poisons are like know. that. But I, arsenic. I think maybe cyanide is notable for like only like a drop kills you or something, isn't it? Yeah, so I a little bit of arsenic a at a time much. and you build an immunity or build a tolerance. That was Paul Giamatti with life being brutal. So that's re- why when you look at him now, he looks haggard. He had to get ready to act with Amanda Bynes. I mean, Paul Giamatti is the modern-day Mithridates. I'd have to take a bit of snake venom at a time to get ready for her. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, wouldn't you? Uh, She's intimidating. Especially back then when she was at the height. Amanda Bynes, Julia White, and Bruce Cook, our one-time-only wonders. We haven't had Amanda Bynes again, have we? No. No. Initially on my list, I had robots on there, but I took it off. I didn't even know that was a movie. (laughs) It was a DreamWorks film. Oh, yes, that movie, Robots. I often forget that that's what it's called. I always think it's called like little robots. You're then I think robots. it's called Wobots. I think that's a, a Wobots Christmas. That's not even, I like how you both assume that's what I'm thinking of. Why? That's not even what that's because called. Because it sounds like a, like a kid trying to say robot. Little robots. Wobots. Wobots. That was the whole thing with the main character. Wow. He had a lisp. He yeah. couldn't like say metabots. his owls. So. Terrence Howard just popped up and scared the audience. Did you expect jump scares in your big mama's house, guys? Well, it's a thriller, right? Well, it actually is listed as that on IMDb. <laughs> <Is> it, really? <laughs> it really is listed as Not a... Not like just crime or something? Comedy crime thriller. I swear <laughs> to you. I swear to you. It is. I'm going to have to double check. Oh, wait. No, I, I am wrong. It's, it's action comedy crime. I think the second one, which I was looking up, is a thriller. Which, Bum- Mama's House 2? Big Mama's House 2, which is rated M still. Well, because of the cheerleaders. Oh, oh, it's mature. oh, wrong. Just just comedy crime. Oh, okay. It got down. Wait, wait. Maybe it's the third one, which did you know there was a third one? I didn't before yesterday. It's called Big Mama's Like Father, Like Son. Mm. I'm going to look up. Is it, is it supposed to be this kid is grown up now? And he's, like, the son, because he doesn't actually have a son. I yes, that... it's supposed to be Trent. Mm. And he is played by a different actor, Brandon T. Jackson, who is best known for being in Tropic Thunder as the black guy, rapper guy. Huh. The gay rapper man. You know the one? Al Pacino? It's been too long. If that's his seen. joke, his name is Al Pacino. Mm. That's the joke. He was also in everyone's favorite fantasy franchise, Percy Jackson. You remember those? This is the erection joke. Yeah. In the film. Guys, I, okay. No one watched those. Drop, drop everything. We've got an erection joke in the film, and it's almost as delicately done as Sorority Boys. The joke here is he's sleeping with her in bed as Big Mama with a mustache on, and uh, he's he's cuddling up to her, and she feels his erect hard cock in her ass. And she's like, what's that? And then he happens to have a torch light. Just pulls out this torch. A flashlight for you Americans. Well, they call it a torch in this, don't they? Do they? Or do they call it um, a flashlight? I've got a, I've got a story about that. Um, well, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get through this erection Sorry, go, go on with the dick and then I'll go yeah, with the story. We call it the D here. So, go on with the dick sounds like you're in bed with him. <laughs> you're not into it. So, <laughs> go on with the dick. Go on with the dick, guys. I'll hold on to my story. <laughs> I'll just hold on to it here. You guys ride the dick if you must. <laughs> but I will maintain my story until you do. Just just keep wobbling on that dick. So he's got a, a, a torch or flashlight or flashlight. Who knows? And then, you know, he gets rid of it. He puts a pillow between 
him and her, and she's telling this horrific story, this sad story about, you know, guilt and all this kind of stuff, and then she feels it again, his dick. And the joke is he got erect again after hearing her sad story, and then he looks in the camera, and it's amazing. <laughs> Big Mama? Yes. Another flashlight, you're right. Okay, Under yeah. there, and then he's like, uh-oh, I did a Martin Lawrence face. <laughs> he, looked, he looked at us. When I was reading the IMDb goofs section for this film, they're like, in that scene, he didn't have the mask on, but now when he wakes up, he does. Although he could have just put it on when she was away. So <laughs> it's, it's like, like... You told me another goof was in the camping... Oh, boy. If I woke oh. up to Paul Giamatti right in my face, I'd be wet. And you'd be like, I'm, <laughs> doing, I'm, I'm doing the dick thing. I'm doing the dick thing. So, Will, we held on to the dick story for a while, but if you could just hold on to your story about uh, a flashlight just for a sec... Paul Giamatti's here. Just feel like we should just uh, uh, mention that and clap. Yeah, Paul! Clap you, Paul! He's yeah, so Paul! young! Give him an Oscar, damn it! He deserves it! His shirt has squares! <laughs> He's in billions! So, um, tell us your story, Will. The flashlight Oh, well, one. uh, when uh, my friend Sam, who you guys know... Yes, I do know. She was in Vietnam oh, Sam with, B. um... Yes, yeah, Sam B. Sam B. <laughs> no, 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 Sam... No, had... no, Al Pacino. And so, is this a Vietnam War story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, is this a Vietnam War story? Well, it, was la- it was the other year, was so she I think it was over by that point. My question is, was she a guy? <laughs> she was the guy. <laughs> follow-up question, follow-up question, though. Follow-up question. Okay. <laughs> Would she die for you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's Polish, right? But, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't have a Polish background. Yeah. Follow-up question. Would she die for me? <laughs> And would she die for her? <laughs> would you die for yourself? <laughs> Listen to the recent Mystery Box. Mystery Box, um, June 2019 episode. War story. So, Will, you, your friend Sam, who's our friend, was in Vietnam. Yeah, with, um, she was, um, doing a little teacher's course there. Yeah, as you Teaching do. English, and most of the other people there were American. And at one point, mm, she, she called a torch a torch. And they thought it was a, a baffling way to refer to a uh, a flashlight, as they yeah, call it. Yeah. Like, oh, you got to have a torch? You mean like a like, like a thing on like fire, a yeah yeah like a, a collection of wood and a, <laughs> with a, a flame? Mm. And there was another strange incident there where they were some sort of activity where they were writing as many sports related terms as possible. Uh. And oh I think Sam I, or someone I, else put up netball, and, just, and, and when they were tallying them all up, one of them. Uh, one of the American people freaked out. It's like, you can't make up sports. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. With wait. netball. It's like, you wait, can't wait. make up sports. They, they have netball. I assume they do, but this no, guy didn't think I've they did. I have heard in American media that they have netball. Oh, they play everything, but this guy was oh, like, wait, no, America? this is a baffling Do you guys not have netball? Netball's, What's going on over Netball's there? the one that's like basketball, right? But for girls and they don't move. Yeah. i got to be honest. I, we played once. We played netball once in... In Vietnam, in, and I was in, a guy. Back in when I was in high school in Vietnam, we played it once, and it was just <laughs> the guys, and it was just this, se- in PE, and it was just this series of fouls after fouls after fouls. Like, I don't understand how the rules of netball work. It's no, it's no b-ball. I prefer volleyball. <laughs> I do too, actually. I really prefer, I prefer king ball, which is dodgeball, but Australianized. We had a teacher, Mr. Bon, because all what about my Bombardier? teachers... about Bombardier? No, my teacher, Mr. Bond, because at my school, teachers all had the greatest names ever. Mr. Bond, Mr. Love, Mrs. Tassel, Mrs. Miss Thrush. Did you have a woodwork teacher named Mr. Wood? No, but we had a history teacher named Mr. Woodbridge. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, our woodwork teacher was Mr. Dewhurst, and he had a complex because he looked exactly, no joke, exactly like uh, a teacher from our primary school called Mr. Bartlett. So when I first met Mr. Dewhurst, I was like, hey, is that Mr. Bartlett's older brother? Because he's bolder, he was bold and gray-haired, and he looks exactly like him. And literally, he comes up to everyone and goes, all right, kids, sit down. Let's get things out of the way. I am not Mr. Bartlett. I am not related to Mr. Bartlett. I have never met the man, nor do I intend to. So in your town, I have there no was like one idea. primary school or something? There was two. Okay, so... Two okay. or three. There was like the... So half the kids might have known this Mr. Bartlett. Yeah, well, well, it's also because Kempsey West Public School, Kempsey High Public School, they were like the, the brothers, sisters, yeah. you know, the, 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 the same. So they were down the road from each other. So he's like, I've never met him, and I, nor do I plan on doing so. Do not ask me if I'm him. I will not respond to you. Of course, oh. people. Of course, people asked him if he was though. Yeah, he strives at himself. Mean, nothing says ask him yeah. than saying do not ask. <laughs> it's like there was that teacher of mine, um, Mrs. Uh, Lavis, who always wore maternity clothes and had a bit of a belly. And people always asked if she was pregnant. Even when my sister went there, who's seven years older than me, and she said she always says this: "No, I had a miscarriage." And then made you feel bad. But she was saying that like fucking seven years before I went there. How long ago was this miscarriage, Mrs. Lavis? Hmm? Did it happen? Or are you a fucking liar? Were the maternity clothes like a memento of that? No, I think she's just crazy. Okay. Uh, 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 But she's uh, a teacher, right? She can't be crazy. One of the teachers at my school taught her when she was a kid. Mm. And he said to me, he was horrified to learn that she was going to be a teacher. One, also working with him because she was crazy when she was a kid. <laughs> Letting her be in charge of students is insane. And he said it was. Oh, Cedric's here. The Entertainer? Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. That's his name. Do we even know? Do you guys want to have it? I'm going to quickly get a Google, but do you want to guess what his real name is? Cedric Kyles. Oh, you actually know? I looked it up, yeah. <sighs> It's not guessing. You could have just... Well, now you don't get... Well, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to be um, like, let Will have a guess if you know it. And then you were like... Well, then you shouldn't have asked if I knew. Anyway. You could have thought that was a you know, good guess. Well, I well you said it in a way where it was very obvious you knew. You're like, oh, it's Cedric Carlos, by the way. Bartek was more familiar with Cedric the Entertainer than you wanted. It's very That's weird true. that uh, Octavia Spencer's credited as Octavia L. Spencer. Oh, yeah, the uh, organist there that speaks no lines of dialogue and is Ray Charles, clearly. Um, Not credited? He got credited, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, he's playing the organ. It's a lot of work. I completely forgot that he was in this, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, he is. So, Cedric was born in Jefferson. Cedric Antonio. Uh, Kyle's. That's a... Interesting middle name for... It's three first names, almost. Just plural yeah. of Kyle. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 of course. Oh, I mean, I mean, sorry, middle name, of course, is a name, but... <laughs> and first name's a name. So, so yes. Uh, dancing. Dance, dance, dance. Have you ever gone to any of these kind of sermons before? No, but I think it looks really fun, because, you know, we grew up... You know, Christian, not not this black kind, white kind, normal kind. Oh, yeah, um, is that how you want to phrase that? Yeah, yeah. I don't, look, I don't know. I, you I, didn't I, grow up in... Uh, do, you, do you want some... that recorded on the internet? But... <laughs> you didn't grow up in black Baptist church. I'll, I'll put it this way. We grew I'm... up in crusty old white yeah. Catholic. It's it's normal to us. But, I, I, but this, is, this is where I'm going to compliment them and insult us. 
Good. I'm not saying that Christianity is like a cult or anything like that. Oh, we wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, you know, crusty old white church, you're sitting down, you're listening to a guy talk, you have to respond with, you know, a very bored and quiet... Yeah, and then they take you out back and fiddle with you, and then you have to wait 19 years to take it to court, yeah? I was No, that's not what I was going with, but I'm just saying... Oh, whoops, sorry, Catholicism dropped the ball there. The church that we were seeing in this film seems like a lot more fun. Yeah, they seem and a I lot have more to, fun. you have to give it to them. They have that. singing. They have, well, we have singing. Yeah, but ours school. isn't singing. It's more like slowly yeah. pre, uh, slowly the reciting c- back with some rhythm. The cultish, you know, conformity kind of thing is what I'm saying. What's that? Uh, there, assimilation? No. Um, substan- No. Oh, you got me now. I don't know. What's the word you're trying to think of? It's- Transubstantiate? That's a word, yeah. That the Catholics use a lot. <laughs> One of my favorite musicals, Reefer Madness, the musical, used that in a song. That's a great word to use in a song. It's like uh, the, the, the words won't transubstantiate. <laughs> um, which is great. Oh, Paul's freaking out here because he heard us talking about smack about Catholicism. Oh, He's like, the... hey, it's me. I, I'm a Catholic. Oh, we're at the party. This is the climax. No. Paul's the it? future Pope. No, this is... Is this the main party? Yes, it is. Yeah, this You're is right. the surprise party. Yes, we are at the climax of oh. my underpants. You know, if you asked me how far apart the, the church scene and the party was, I would have thought it would be quite far apart. But no, that's really... That's the same day. You know what I'm going to say here? I think Octavia Spencer's hairstyle in this particular party sequence makes her look real cute. It's, it's a cute little style. She's got a got a got a muffin. I don't know what you would call them, but like next time you see her, just just there yeah, she is. yeah. I've, yeah, I did notice that. Like the two yeah. buns with like it's the cute. gap between. It's cute. It's got kind of an Asian. Inf- I was gonna say like the Chinese uh, with the buns. Yeah, yeah. Octavia. Gotta wear that style again. Wear it in space control. Well, in all fairness, I haven't seen her latest film, Ma. Have you heard about Ma? No. Is that uh, the one where the teenagers get yeah, abducted by the She's like this black She's this she's woman in town and she's like, yo. Oh, you told me You about guys this. can drink in my basement yeah, and I'm totally not crazy. And then she does the robot and they're like <gasps> Yes, ah. you, you did tell me. And about it's made this. by the same people, guy, people, the writer and director of The Help, which she's most famous for. And isn't that like one of the most Oscar Beatty movies of all time? Where it's like Emma Stone is like the good white lady, because she has to be, because we have to have a white lady figure who's a hope and savior. And Octavia Spencer's like, yo, racist lady. I can't remember if it's Jessica Chastain or someone. Is like, you're eating my poop. That's all I know about the help. It's like we're a bunch of we're the help for the rich white people, and now we're getting uh, independence. Here, eat my poop. That's what Octavia does. Do you think she's serving up poop here? Do you think she was getting prepped for her role in the help ten years early or however many years early by serving poop to no, people? No, she was getting ready for hidden figures by looking like an alien. <laughs> that, that's exactly what that movie's about. <laughs> yeah, it's about space control and aliens. <laughs> I, I, mean, saw, I saw the trailer many times, Ryan. I know what I'm talking about. Hidden Figures was the was that it was that Halo movie that got stuck in development hell, and they just changed the name. She played Master Chief. <laughs> 
I didn't know it was a video game adaptation. Do you know that there's a movie in the X-Men franchise that they haven't released yet that's called New Mutants that's supposed to be like a horror movie? And it's been in development, like it's been made, it's physically made, but it's been pushed back and it was supposed to come out like four years ago. Oh, so it's like what, some kind of post-production hell? It's because it's supposed to be terrible and the studios don't want to release it. Could it be okay. worse than Dark Phoenix? Apparently. I mean, well, you tell me. I mean, I don't I even think no, I one, think... no one's seen Dark, Dark Phoenix. Phoenix. Take that, X-Men. Uh, but it has to be released before they turn over to Disney properly, like when Fox is fully yeah. absorbed. So it means we will see it eventually. I just Disney need... will have to release it. <laughs> no, no, no. It will have to be released before it becomes oh, Disney. Oh, right. Yes. So Fox... The clock's ticking. It has Arya Stark in it too. So Game of Thrones again. It can be released at the same time as when the clown cried or whatever it was called. Oh, the day that the clown cried. The Jerry Lewis movie of him, the concentration (laughs) camp. He doesn't want anyone to see. Uh, That he didn't want anyone to ever see ever. But But some people have already seen it. Well, he showed it to some people to be like, what do you guys think? I think, I think some people in recent years mentioned that they were shown it or something. By him, though. He specifically oh, he showed it physically shows it to people. Right. If he trusts them enough. But he, he didn't want it out there. Jay Lewis, man. Interesting guy. Mm. Weird guy. Well, not weird. Bit of an asshole, but kind of not, but kind of was. Weird. Um, You know what one thing really distracted me about Big Mama, though? Her, Tell me. Uh, her eyebrow makeup, it made it look like her eyebrows curved. Into the eye. Into the eye. And I just go, I get that he's supposed to be not good at it, but like, I know, I kind of wonder why the makeup team of this movie did that. Do you think there's like a a production reason towards it? Like maybe the makeup kind of would rise, like they couldn't do it that close to his eyes because he has very expressive eyes. Do you think that the maybe the makeup kind of, kind of, ends around that point but it looks too weird to have it without some kind of to hide the transition between hide the transition and, and make the, the makeup of his normal face and the mask that he's wearing the prosthetics do you think maybe that's a part of the reason i hadn't because i'm trying to that, figure it, it out seems very plausible because i just don't understand like it, I, it works but like it is a bit distracting because it just made him like you said villainous or like he mm. looks like he's been like uh, awake too long like he's got rings mm. Now, dude, if you went to your bedroom and you saw this... That's a big erection. How how ready would you be to jump on that? Well, my clothes would still be on. Yeah, so but, you know... Not you quite still ju- ready. You you could get pr- pretty I'll, ready. I would start getting ready, of course, but I wouldn't be ready yet. Were you happy when you got to see him like this? Were you expecting to see him and almost see his dick? I wasn't expecting it, no. No, you got to see it now. Oh, he was wearing, hold on, he was wearing gold chains, so he's not fully naked. Oh, no. When no. I take my clothes off, do I have to keep my gold chains on? Well, of course. Uh-oh. Only if you don't want to be fully naked. Guys, Big Mama's here. She's here now. The real Big Mama. And now things are going to get crazy. Um, Guys, since the movie is reaching that climactic point... Was your favourite character in particular, one who really struck a chord with you? For me, it is Paul Giamatti. We haven't talked enough about him other than he's in it, but I did like his reoccurring gags mm. of being seen as a weird, pervy weirdo man. Never <laughs> specifically perv the whole time. It's just 
people just see him doing weird shit and they just think he's a weirdo. His his um his dynamic with the real Big Mama was really great. Oh man. <laughs> when he slept on the ass, there's no repercussions. At first I was like, oh, that seems like an oversight, but then she starts dancing with him and it's just amazing. Will, what about you? Do you have a particular favorite character in this? Um, well, my favorite character was pro- probably Paul Giamatti as John yeah. G-Man. But since you already said that, maybe yeah, I'll y- pick someone else. It's like, I'm going to go for the antagonist, Mr. Lester Vesco. It's a great name. It is. I looked up what it means and got some inconsistencies, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what a journey Will's been on. I've, I've been around. <laughs> He's been around the world. I, I, looked up, I looked up Leicester and it meant like, oh, it was this particular <laughs> tribe in Britain and the later part of the word means walled city and then Vesco means like in yeah. service to a bishop this, or like a pious or pompous person. This recording that we're doing is the three of us, our story, but you've been on your own story before it. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you what I like about the antagonist in the film. Tell sure, me. go, go Tell for me. it. I like when a silly comedy film, sometimes, not all the time, has a se- has, has a serious antagonist. I do too. Sometimes mm. it I really think it's is a good, ref- good contrast. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, silly film, but then you have Ronan, who's like, yeah, that, I am serious man who's going to kill universe. That and sort of Kangaroo Jack as well. Man, Michael Shannon and Kangaroo Jack is off the chain serious. He calls them retards. Ooh. In that Michael Shannon voice, Ooh. too. Yeah, yeah, bunch of retards. <laughs> he didn't say the SH word, but retards, yes. I think he might have. Who knows? <laughs> we have to rewatch it. Kangaroo shit. Sugar. He said retard with SH. Oh, Bartek, what about you? We're hanging on the knife's, I like knife's the... edge. Look, this is an unpopular choice, but I like Ben. Oh, I'll allow it. I'm ben, surprised you didn't choose Anthony Ben Anderson. and Nolan would be the two that I would Ben Nolan. Ben Nolan. Uh, ben Christopher Nolan. Nolan's hack brother, Ben Nolan. <laughs> He makes films about Anthony Anderson as an action star. <laughs> Anthony Anderson, what would I eat the whole plate? <laughs> it's like Ben for being a nice little surprise, Anthony Anderson for just making me smile for a third time. A third, third time. If it makes you feel any better, um, Cedric the Entertainer's good, profile picture on IMDb has him wearing a bow tie. Does that make you feel better? Cool. Did that's you... hip. That's rad. But Anthony He's Anderson, Anthony Anderson's wearing a pink shirt. Unbuttoned the top button. Just he's very relaxed. It's business casual. He is very business casual. Cash. He hey, was look, in, it's Will's uh, favorite character. Oh, fun fact: he was in Ferdinand. So Anthony Anderson continues to work with the writer of this. Because the writer of this John wrote Cena. Cena. That's, that's an animated John film, Cena. Right? Yeah, with the bull and yeah. Kendra Lust. What? Sorry. Oh no! I was hoping that would slip under. <laughs> so the Kendra there. Lust. Let's what? not go there. <laughs> no, no. Can we please instantly? Oh, we're with the, our slap, our slap. Oh no! Oh, and no reaction. She's like, alrighty. Well, she shakes the bat a bit. No, but she's talking about how she's gonna go up there and get them. But she is now. Here's the reason why this scene actually works. At first, I critiqued it in my notes, but then in my notes, but then I thought about it. She is actually getting at your favorite character, Ben, mm. because you know she went up there and saw that he was sleeping. With the other neighbor. So she's a bit hurt. She's like, you know what? Screw him. Because from Big Mama's perspective, she was having a relationship with him. Yeah. Now she sees he's cheating. And she's like, in you know what? In her bed, no less. In her bed, no less. And she's like, you know what? Fuck him. I'm going to have fun and get with that weirdo white boy. Because she was dismissive of Paul Giamatti till that moment with Ben. Mm-hmm. 
You can and then the smack on the man. ass was like a hit to the head. It was like, I know what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now she's hipping with it. You know, you know, Terrence Howard here, he is really threatening. And you know what I think is really threatening about him in this particular film? He has these uh, gorgeous eyes. I, th- I was thinking the exact same thing, the eyes. And it's like, they're so cold in this movie, but it's because they're so gorgeous. They're probably the most uh, gorgeous feature of his of his face, at least. Like, I think he's got a really pretty face. I think he's a very attractive man. Uh, but it's those eyes. While Paul Giamatti's got very attractive eyes in a different sense. Like, Paul Giamatti's eyes say, I want to be your friend. If you saw Paul Giamatti's eyes look at you, you'd be like, I want to pat him. But <laughs> Terrence Howard's eyes are very much it's like... like creepy fish eyes, almost. Who, who? Terrence Howard's. Yeah, they're like a shark. Mm. Cold and dark like Not just cold night. and dark, but also like, he's very much like a model. Those the Models have those kind of way that they hold their eyes in photos, mm. male models. And he's like that throughout this movie, posing. Oh, sorry, Octavia, Octavia, and did, Octavia just did a reaction shot, and her hair, and her hair bobbled. <laughs> it's amazing. Like an anime thing. Wow. <laughs> oh, can I tell you one of my favorite little things about anime I saw recently? So, yeah. in anime, they get critiqued a lot about how when women run, their breasts move in really absurd geography, like uh, not geography, gravitational ways. Yeah, jiggle the, physics, whatever. Jiggle physics. There's one I saw where this girl was running, and the jiggle physics was all over the place. Right? <laughs> it was absurd. And then she grabbed out of her bra those bombs that have like in Mario, like the bombs, the bombs, yeah. and she throws them, and then her boobs <laughs> are normal. And that was the. That's why they were moving weird. <laughs> and then someone, then someone was like, "Man." She had bombs in her in her bra. That's amazing. And then some people say, "Well, yeah, she had C four. Yeah, it's like because she's a C cup." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Right, right." And I'm like, "There you go." But I love that that, that was the thing. And in this movie, they had jiggle physics with Big Mama's boobs. They were very much stationary, but mm-hmm. kind of they did bobble, but in a very manufactured. Well, there was way. yeah, and there was a gag at one point where like it was out unaligned. One of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like rogue dogs. You got to put them on a leash. Is that a quote from the movie? Uh, I think I butchered it, but so I believe they're called chest puppies. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think they're called walnuts. So, uh, Will, could you Bazongas. please... Could we not skip over that Will said something very odd about Ferdinand? Something oh. about lust? Oh! <laughs> He's running out of the room. He actually is running out of the room. Will, Will, it's hard to run out of the room. Will, tell what? us... He's actually, <laughs> left. He's actually left the room. Okay. Is is he going to pee? Uh, or you know, is, or you know what? I, if he's not going to tell us, I'm going to have to look up Ferdinand. What did he say? Something about Kendra Lust? Kendra Lust? Is that a point? Uh, Will, is Kendra Lust a porn star you watch and you just didn't want to let us know that you know who she is? Will, it's the last episode. You're leaving. <laughs> come back. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> leave. I've got to come back. He's coming back. But could I follow up on another... You have to come. You have to come sit by your microphone Sorry. to tell us. Sorry. Wait, 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 we just missed on a separate point. S- s- hold on a sec. Paul Giamatti just said, "Is that morphine?" Yeah, <laughs> sure, better than aspirin. <laughs> that Great was line. A good last line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! Love you, Paul. <laughs> so, Will, before wait, 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 you tell wait, wait, us, wait, wait, your, wait, wait, before wait. you tell us, who is Kendra Lust? <laughs> Why is she in the children's film Ferdinand? <laughs> Tell me who she is. The other day, my mate David and I, we got Chinese. As you do when you're watching Kendra Lust. And he brought up 
John Cena entered the conversation at some point, and he told me, hey, do you know when this porn star got divorced from her husband, she was having an affair with John Cena, and he had to prove that in court. So, William, if you reckon your life is shit, just remember you never had to get your lawyer to prove that your wife was sleeping with John Cena. In a court of law. <laughs> and Why I'm not sure if that story's true. Why did you have to withhold? I, I got, we got told. But I'll a, believe it. We were on a podcast recently guesting the miscellaneous podcast. And uh, the Shake and Not Nerd podcast was there. And they told us very bravely that we were not observant enough to notice that John Cena was in fact the chauffeur driver to Paul Giamatti and Big Fat Liar. I just want to clear that up right now. Looked it up. I rewatched the scene. We're going to be watching it after this because we're just such big fans of Big Fat Liar. We watch it every after every episode as well. John Cena is not in Big Fat Liar. So fuck you, Shaking Not Nerd guys, for telling me that I don't know my shit. Um, Will, what was the other story you're going to tell us? Oh, back to high school. Um, we had this teacher. Who, <laughs> that, sounds like a mo- that sounds like a movie starring Will. Now back to high school. <laughs> now back to, now back then, to high school. And the picture is Will sitting there as the principal. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a crown. See, I was imagining he was like dressed like Marty McFly, just like pointing at a school. Like, going back no, school. no, it's him doing that, but he's dressed as the principal, but he's wearing the royal crown. <laughs> <laughs> and behind him in the window is a picture of Prince Charles shaking his fist. Okay, let's not blow our load. Go back to high school, Will. Oh, we had a teacher named Mr. Drinkwater. And I'm told that. <laughs> Was he a gardening teacher? <laughs> That's not a name. I get this. No one believes me when I, I tell believe you will. This. Thank you, Martin. Please <laughs> no, no, listen. No, no, I believe you. I you say believe he's in the witness protection program. He's <laughs> some kind of criminal whose alias name is Miss. And the what, government had to give it to him. What's his first name? Pour me some? <laughs> Pour me some drink water. <laughs> I'd like some drink water. <laughs> Shit, what would it be if first name makes a sentence? No. I want to drink water. Pour me some drink water. That's his name. But people think his name is Paul. <laughs> his middle name is Meesum. And people think, oh, he's Asian, right? That's his middle name, I guess, but he's not. So, so you had a teacher called... That's a story in itself. Mr. Drinkwater. No one believes me when I say this story. Everyone who not didn't e- go Not to even my your house. classmates. No. <laughs> not even Mr. Drinkwater. <laughs> not like, even Paul. But Will, <laughs> my name is in Drinkwater. My name's Drinkwater. 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 <laughs> my name's Paul Drinkwater. <laughs> Ah, oh, thank you, Will. My diaphragm is aching from laughing yeah, at that. Yeah, you had a journey like, all in yourself to that reaction. I've been around. I'm also thinking about how now Mr. Drinkwater's the antagonist in that movie we just made <laughs> about Will as principal. He's, like, trying to be the principal, and Will's just like, Mr. Drinkwater, no one believes in your authority here. He's, he's, he's like, like, no! He's, he's like, by, hanky-panky. He's played by Martin Mull, <laughs> uh, who was, of course, the dad in Cutting Class. You kids aren't cutting class. Now, the movie has unfortunately ended. They're singing, they're dancing. Oh, happy day. 
and the film made us very happy. We're going to get into our reviews and ratings of this movie, and then going to read some uh, reviews from IMDb. I'm going to start. This movie was a fresh air of delight. It just blew in and blew out. It was such a joyous time, and very much like a Tyler Perry movie, ends in church. Not the Tyler Perry movie we watched that ended with AIDS. Well, it ended with a character going to church. Well, like they were to go, heading to church yeah. uh, after getting AIDS. Um, uh, you know, as you do. But long after. Getting I don't AIDS, know yeah. what happened in the third or uh, second or third one. Maybe, maybe Martin Lawrence got AIDS. I don't know. Stanley Rice was in this. Oh man! If you read the credits, there are a bunch of crazy names in there. But because uh, I did. Um, so I loved this film. You know, it is a great film to end our unappreciated masterpieces on because I feel like it, along with everything we've covered, including Big Fat Liar, this one really encapsulates everything that's going wrong with cinema. Like, yes, this movie was financially successful. Yes, it spawned two sequels. Yes, it stars a likable actor and many other likable actors like Paul Giamatti. But at the same time, society has deemed it this pathetic excuse of a movie, a film that is a, a stain upon the credibility of Hollywood, which really is it? I don't think so. I think that this movie is doing its job, and that is to be entertaining. And I think it does it very well. If I have to give this film a rating, it's hard not to just give it a Mr. Drinkwater. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that is fucking crazy. I thought I was like the top dog by being like, oh, I'm, my music teacher's name was Miss Thrush. Yeah, you were the guy that said in this episode, my teachers had the best And names. Will's still around <laughs> and held that with it for like an hour. Um, drink water? No, no, no. Will's like, in his break, he's like, I'll let that one pass, but then I'll strike when he least expect it with drink water. <laughs> no one believes me about Mr. G drinky water. Yeah, least expect it after the gag where he leaves the room for like a minute. <laughs> So, yeah, like the Spanish Inquisition, nobody expects them. So, I have to give this film the only rating one can truly give it. I give it a poll out of Giamatti. I have to. Will, I'd like to hear from Bartek before you. Yeah, I thought that uh, was the guy you were going with. Okay, Bartek, back to Will. Oh Will, my God. <laughs> reverse psychology. Sean, special K. <laughs> can, can he? Can he? No, it's drink water. So, um, Will, let's hear from you. Um... What did I think of this film? Well, um, I would Tell call us. it the Queensland of films. Reminds me a lot of that, and uh, <laughs> I think most that's, people that's a should. Great uh, I think people should give it a shot. I think a lot of people are in the same uh, boat as all of us. They watched it, probably forgotten all about it. I think you should uh, give it another go. Reckon you'll have a good time, but um, I, I have to specify that you should watch it at two in the morning. You shouldn't watch it any other time. Yeah, two, in Queensland? 2 a.m. in Queensland. They don't have a different time zone over there, do they? That's that's uh, Western Australia, so there you go. Uh, you have a rating? Um, Gold out of coast. Ooh, that's pretty good. This is the Queensland of movies <laughs> is one of the greatest things ever said on this podcast. So did you just say that Queensland is Western Australia? No, I said Western Australia has a different... Uh, uh, oh, time zone to Time Queensland. zone to... Us over here. Right. Queensland is a part of the East Coast. So. Okay, good. You were smart. Uh, Queensland is big enough to fit in Western Australia. Big enough to fit in my mouth. Everything. <laughs> everything is, you dirty, dirty boy. So let's hear from you. But Western Australia is too big, though. Um, I... This is... Not with that attitude. <laughs> this is well, a... Yes, with that attitude. This is probably a Sorry. bold statement. I'll allow you to be bold. I like this film. Oh my god, really? Yeah. 
You fucking freak. Right? Valid. It, it, you know, if I didn't know any better... Hashtag, we stand with Bartek. <laughs> you know, if I didn't know any better, I think the two of you also quite liked it. Yeah. I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm tearing up. <laughs> yeah, we did. Admit it. I, Preach. yes, I really greatly enjoyed this. For a film that I was only vaguely aware of the sequel, you know, and, and still I don't know if the Hey Mickey and the cheerleaders dancing and Big Mama being a cheerleader is a thing... Man, if I watch that second one and none of that happens, I'll be very annoyed. <laughs> it happens at the beginning and not the end for some no, reason. No, no, it happens in not not it at all. It was like some other movie. You watch a Tyler Perry movie, <laughs> Bartek. That's how Black Panther ends. That's the confusion. And then and then the I door, saw that in the, cinemas. And of then course. the sister points and goes, "What are those?" Pom poms. Pom poms. I yes, I greatly enjoyed this film. I'm very happy that I finally got to see the original to the great cheerleaders. Hey, Mickey movie. I I would strongly recommend it to everyone. I'm very glad that we could end the podcast, well, specifically Unappreciated Masterpieces. We could end it on a fun, sort of kidsy film, yeah, similar film. to how we started, you know. Yeah. And bookending it with a film that begins with Big and ends with Big. And has Paul. And has Paulie in it. Um, oh, you're familiar with Paul enough to call him Paulie? G-Man. P-Man. P-Dog. P-Dog. I, yes, I'm... Pignonze. I'm... Th- <laughs> That's the Polish word for money. Ryan can speak Polish, apparently. That's the twist it. at the end of the show. In fact, Bartek is the one who speaks Polish. Every time he did it, it was me dubbing it. <laughs> Doing a perfect Bartek impression. Ryan, you sang very well in the Heavyweights episode. Yeah. Because that's the one where I sang in Polish. And then you left early. Yes, I did. Hit us. Had to go to Loser Town. I, yes. Population you. Very happy that we can make it to the final episode. Very happy that it was a great film. But look, that's all about, you know, more about the podcast. I think that everyone needs to see Big Mama's House regardless of our prestigious work. It is funny. It is funny. And most of all, it's very funny. And it's a farce. And it's a farce too. (laughs) Just like Ishtar. No, we're not going to. It's like Ishtar, but not as much. Yeah. I give this film a bedroom praying mantis goes back to school. Man, that's so good. Out of Hey Mickey. So, I've got some IMDb reviews here, guys. What? You mean me? Yeah, I'm you now, and you're me. Um, <laughs> I started off with a negative one to get it out of the way, because obviously this film, we need to look at both sides. Obviously, we're coming from a more positive side, but we want to understand a negative side. And I will say, straight off the bat, this negative review, I don't know if it knows what it is. <laughs> You know, right? I, I have to say, it feels like you've never stopped giving IMDb reviews because it feels like we're way back to when you did. So, two out of ten, uh, two thousand eighteen. This review came out. Ooh. It's called "Terrible." Be sure to skip this one, and it's written by Back Flanders. Oh, Back Flanders <laughs> is back. Okay. So it starts the out devil. like it starts out like this. <clears throat> I tried to like this movie. I really tried. Wait. That's not true. The truth is, I really wanted to like this movie, but it was just so awful, and there was nothing good about it. It was so bad, I'm surprised I made it through the whole movie without turning it off. I should get an award for that. It's the only award kind of award this movie should have. And now I hear they made a sequel to this movie? Remember, this is from 2018. They've just heard about the sequel. <laughs> Are you kidding that. me? 
Don't watch it. It's not worth your time. I'm not even sure why I gave it a two-star rating. I should change it to one. Anyway, I'm sure there are worse movies out there, but right now, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. The jokes aren't funny. The story isn't funny. The characters aren't funny. All of the above are irritating. I admit, I was never a big Martin Lawrence fan, but his even worse than usual in this. It makes his role in Bad Boys look good. And that's saying something. I've got five words in response. Oven mitt and plumber's friend. <laughs> this one is a real classy review. Short, sweet, and to the point. Six out of ten. 2003. It's called No Dialogue Necessary. Ooh, that's true. Artsy. This... <laughs> This is one very funny movie, and I ought to know. I saw this in flight after its release, in brackets, on my way to my mother's funeral, no less. <laughs> I thought he was going to say what country, but he said where he's going. And watched it without paying the $5 headset charge. I couldn't stop laughing. The tears were rolling down my face. Last night, I finally saw the, t- the movie on TV with words. It was still a riot, but I actually think I enjoyed it more without sound. Maybe that's the best way to watch it, Because they didn't have to pay that $5 headset charge. And then this one, no rating, just plain straight up from 2001. I did not expect very much, but was surprised is the title. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. When I read the comment at this site about the film, I spontaneously decided to add my own. We saw the film in a lesson of business English. (laughs) Which seems... Hold on. Is that a language class or a business class? Who knows? Which seems quite odd, but I really enjoyed it. It was not as flat as I expected. Actually, it it was quite actually really fun and romantic. I had not seen a film with Martin Lawrence before and found him really cooed. Just Q- C- C- U- D. Also, yeah, I want to say cude. Cud. Cud. I feel I like if you add an, an E, e at yeah, the I don't end, think cud has an E. I feel like you have to say cude because it's like crude. Um, but either way, cude the entertainer. Maybe if we took business English, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, also, his girlfriend Sherry is very sexy, and at last, the music was really good. The soundtrack met my favour and the gospel song, Happy Day. I could not sit quiet any longer. So my opinion about the film is very much more positive. I think it's the right film to pass a nice video session with some chips and some laughter. And then... You know, when you first read that review, I was imagining, like, you know, middle-aged businessman, and I stubbornly (laughs) kept to that characterization the whole way through. So did I. (laughs) So then we have the last one, and this is the type of review that we love getting on this show. The final review of the show? It's a positive review, and it's a very much a true story review. Okay. It's called All Lowercase from 2006, Frickin' Masterpiece. Which ties into our title, Unappreciated Masterpieces. Wow. And this actually propositions a question from us. So maybe after it's all done and said, we'll actually think about this. Think about this. Okay, we'll start. I'm not sure why, but for some reason, when you watch this movie and eat a Papa John's pizza and drink Coca-Cola with this movie, it's perfect. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Who would have thought it goes great together? Try it and let me know what you think. Also, 
If you have some other meals with movie ideas, let me know. So that's something to think about. Sure. Um, I freaking love this movie. It's so tight. I was watching it with my bubba, in brackets, my grandma, grandma. That's what we call her in my family, because I'm from Serbia. We call my, and then separate sentence, <laughs> separate sentence. Hold on. We call my dad, we call my dad, we call my dad Tot. End of sentence. Oh, like the oh, hold on. End of sentence. In Polish, it would be Tatus. End of sentence. Start a new sentence. Like King Tut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> uh, this film was directed brilliantly and skillfully written. Big Mama's House is a well-crafted and ingeniously clever, making it one of the greatest films of the 90s. While Big Mama's House may not have garnered critical acclaim as such films as Silence of Lambs, Big Mama's House is undoubtedly as influential as any film to date. I was very happy that I saw this movie. It's funny to see Martin Lawrence dressed up as a big, fat, black grandma who is the grandmother of a woman in danger of her ex. A bunch of better co-stars make this movie very funny and easily watchable. Paul Giamatti and Nia Long do their best roles perfectly, and I enjoyed them a lot. The script is good, and the direction is excellent. <laughs> Martin Lawrence spelt lowercase does it again overall I overall the whole movie is a tight feel good that I could pop it whenever I freaking feel like it rating a 10 out of 10 I felt that was a little sexual at the end <laughs> well well a tight feel good <laughs> he did say that this movie was uh tight and he was watching it with his papa what was the thing we were laughing at with Will like do the dick thing or <laughs> What was that, sir? What was the thing we were talking about earlier? Do the dick thing? Yeah, do the dick thing. We're, we're you guys always... do your dick thing. Yeah, we just hold, you know, you guys ride the dick, whatever you must, just hold on to the dick thing. Will, thank you so much for being a guest on all the episodes wait, you've wait, come wait. on. Are we not, uh, we not doing the what's a good movie food combination? Oh, yes. Guys, what's a, what's a good movie food combination can you guys think of? For me, I'm instantly going to go with Big Fat Liar. I think if you have a blue slushy to drink with that movie, whilst also having nachos, perfect. That's my instant thought. Bartek, anything lingering? Maybe even one of the movies we've covered? Hot dogs and nothing but trouble. I knew it. As soon as said hot dogs. William? Um, well, I've watched Jurassic Park while eating fish and chips three different times. Boo so I guess subjectively... Uh, you should pick one of the unappreciated movies. Oh, I'm sorry, though, but that's subjective because the fish and chips, it's happened three times unintentionally. You no, know, no, we'll give it to Will. He did say it happened three times. I was going to say... Happened three times. If you say that's subjective to it's unappreciated, that sounds like undermines our whole show. Guys, guys, guys. Guys. Just get on the with the dick thing. chips were objective. This is, this, is the, this is the moral of unappreciated masterpieces. <laughs> unappreciated is subjective. We're full of shit. Good night. So, yeah, good night. <laughs> Will, thank you so much. Uh, all the guests we've had on over these years, thank you all so much for coming on for unappreciated masterpieces. Of course, we'll still have Will and all these other guests for other things in the future. Um, uh, they didn't commit to that, but we said so. Yeah, We'll kill them if they don't. That's why you don't hear from Daniel Visser anymore. He's gone. He's dead after old dogs. We murdered him. So, uh, Bartek, a pleasure, as always, to journey with you down the road of unappreciated masterpieces from the from our very optimistic beginnings 
to a very optimistic end. We've stayed very upbeat about this whole mm-hmm. entire process. We've you know? evolved a little bit, but I was happy with the evolution. Yeah. We, yes, at one point you were like, I don't want to reference the other movies we cover. And I'm like, but I want to. There's Paul again. And you're like, no. And then I was like, but Germans love gas. And you're like, you're right. <laughs> Um, still the best thing I've ever said on this podcast. Yeah, but why did, you go, why did you go to the Music Academy? I don't know. We have to ask that in our Thunderpants episode. Re-listen to that. Um, a pleasure listening, people, to be presenting this show to you. Like I said, we are going to be doing another weekly show. That will be down the pipeline in a few weeks' time. We just kind of... We've talked about this in an update Q&A video, uh, episode that, uh, you know, we, we're finishing this up just because, you know, we don't we, we don't want this uh, to get stale for us, you know. We mm. love talking about movies, but, you know, this format and the things that we have to do behind the scenes is a, a lot of legwork and, it's, uh, you know, stuff like that. And uh, we just feel like a bit of a change is needed. We've been doing this kind of style for four years and we introduced the mystery box and that was kind of a fresh fresh blood to the system and we feel just like yeah we want to mm. change up and kind of talk about some other movies that don't necessarily fall into this category without starting a whole new show yeah it's fun but we want to end strong and into it yeah in the big mama's house um you can find us on all this uh, on the social medias facebook and twitter and the spit and polish presents and of course the email bartek mentioned before spit and polished at gmail.com to you know you can message us your 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 favorite uh mystery uh, uh your favorite episodes of the show of either this or mystery box or or you know movies that you want us to cover in the future for our new show because we're gonna we're open yeah. up to suggestions of movies yes much more yes. of a wide variety we have we still have pinned on our facebook page the the like recommend unappreciated masterpieces well, for I'll, us i'll change soon we'll, enough we'll change it to recommend anything to us in fact we can we can take things it'll just from be there. a picture of paul giamatti frowning at you and be like recommend but um <laughs> <laughs> and also we don't receive too many emails so if you do email us you'll be very high priority for us to look at uh but yes and rank us rate us on all the so um, rank the hosts rank the hosts who's hotter who's not a uh, <laughs> who's drink of water so uh who's got the better praying mantis photo exactly uh oh yeah hit hit go to he see that photo guys it's so hot um there's a car there uh and yeah you can do that on the podcast platforming sites on apple Podcasts or wherever uh share us around like the virus we are and i guess you know until next time listening people remember not only do we be kind to each other, but, you know, appreciate the the fine art of cinema. And, you know, this is where we usually say the post-credits funny thing, or post-episode funny thing. This time, I want Will to give us a sentence. Say anything that comes to mind, Will. Thank you for everything, listening people. All good things must come to an end. True, but we're not ending yet, we're- we're going still. Oh no, this oh, is a good thing. Oh, is, is this is this only episode seven th- of the show? Is this? This is episode three of Unappreciated Masterpieces. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back in time. Oh, I mean, it's almost November. You're right. It is almost November. <laughs> November 2015. This is such a weird way to go. <laughs> well, until next time, remember to worship Will at the altar of the gods. And do your dick thing. Go ahead. Do your dick thing. <laughs> I'm Giamatti. What do you want? <laughs>